Happy spring equinox. Oh crap, I forgot to What? <laughs> is it today or tomorrow? No, it's today. today. It's the twentieth. This is uh this is three twenty, not to be confused with four twenty. Um, my mic was off. I was trying to oh, say something. I gotta, hold on, I got I actually do some some adjustment on your your voice a little bit because it's just I don't know. There's something about it through the mic that's like. No, I have a loud voice. I don't think people do. think about it, but my voice is just loud. It carries well. It's actually very very hard for me to be quiet and not just like because I'm not thoughtful about it, but my voice just carries. So we. Uh, this is the new top podcast, by the way. If you don't know that you're listening to us, I, I really have no idea how you got to us. Uh, <laughs> I still I still don't My quite friend understand. sent me this link. You know, if you close those, they work better. They'll go in there better. They're oh. just fine. I put these in here all the time. Okay. He's, I think he might be the first one that's actually expanded them to fit his head. Um, so he being uh, Farmer Luke from Peterson Family Farms, um, that we had a, a very long discussion with him. He is a very intelligent and uh, um, thoughtful, thoughtful and uh, uh, fun guy to talk to. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. For sure. Um, but trying to get him on for at least a year. Well, yeah, he's and he a, was and he was supposed so to be here like a month ago, and he was sick. He's a farmer. He's always doing something, uh, and he's. We're kind of lucky to get him this time of year. I think it's probably starting to step starting up. Starting to get busy for him. He was yeah. just telling us as he was leaving that he's already. Um, started to do some planting and he's planning to do some here in the next couple of weeks. So, so, and I, I, I really like the interview. It's not, it's not is, is, it's not like one of our normal interviews. I don't think, cause we really got to what, what I enjoy the most about it. And, and you guys will hear when you, when you listen to it, what I enjoyed the most about it was, was actually him describing why he was a farmer, what he liked about it. Yeah. Uh, cause that was, uh, that was interesting to hear that that way. Bree's having some technical difficulties with her uh, uh, headset over her there. Her schnizzle. Her schnizzle is schnazzled. Everything better so, now? I think the extension you, was having an issue. Probably. <laughs> we probably need to get some new ones. We wrap those pretty tight, and that probably breaks the cord. I'm pretty careful with them, though. Yeah, but how tight you're wrapping it probably breaks the cord, and we always wrap them that tight. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm your host, Chris. We don't introduce ourselves enough. Uh, the urban farmer amongst us is uh, is somebody left. Howdy, Jeremy. That's Jeremy. Uh, did you just say hi to yourself? I sure did. He said, howdy, <laughs> Jeremy. I did. <laughs> I'm going to talk in third person for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> uh, that is, I'm probably going no, to turn your fucking mic on. Just, um, just kidding. That, the, the one begging for him not to do that is my lovely wife, uh, the one who I live in sin with, actually. Uh, Bree, the loud voice person. Yeah, sorry about that. I was that, expecting folks. you to say something, and you just kept. Well, mad. I just kept waiting she for laughing. you to figure out what the <laughs> heck you were trying to say because it just sounded like you were just rambling. You know, we talked. I, talk, I was talking to Josh, uh, work Josh, about uh, uh, why we're not married yet, um, technically married, um, and he said that's very interesting uh, that uh, the your kids go to private Catholic school and you guys are adulterous in the eyes of the Catholic Church. And I said, yep, that's fine with me. I don't care. That's okay. My oldest daughter is atheist and went to Catholic school too. That's, so It's true. It's true. She wasn't always atheist. It happened during school time. So, and I think Sean right now is kind of agnostic, uh, but yeah. she's going on a religious retreat. So, Well, see, she might be super Catholic when she gets back. I don't know. Maybe. She'll find Jesus. She'll find Jesus. I, I didn't know. know he was lost. 
obviously. <laughs> well, we already know she's going against the church because our daughters are on birth control at their choice. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, that's a um, no-no. Yeah, fuck Catholics, birth control. No way. God wants you to get pregnant. It's going to happen. It's like the Monty Python. Well, that's my point, though. If God wants you to get pregnant, it's going to happen. The Monty Python song, Every Sperm is Sacred. <laughs> They're all eggs. <laughs> They're all seeds. It's seeds. Seeds it's and chi- roosters. It's, it's your chickens laying their seeds. Roosters planting Plant, seeds. Plant seeds. That'll make sense. It's in true. Totally it's true. It's totally true. I didn't even think about that. And then our, our other lovely host, who hasn't said anything really yet, is Jennifer. Jennifer. Uh, the kidless, hey, Jennifer. The kidless drunk who doesn't know how to watch roosters. Um <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jessica uh, is uh, is our other host. Um, together we form uh, this podcast where we talk about New t- Utah and New Utah cast team unite. Yeah. <laughs> form of words. If we had magic rings. You have to have five. Somebody's got to be the head. Well, usually. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess so. Since we're not like Wonder Twins, we got to be like the Voltron of podcasts. Um Boone's in here. He can be the head. There we go. Well, I got the Voltron guy up there if you want to play with him, Jess. He's right there. I think Thanks. Chopper would make a better me. head. No, I looked at no, you because Boone's, I sent you an awesome Boone's link about better. Voltron Legos and you didn't even say anything. What? No, you didn't. I did. I must have missed it then. That's a bummer. Yeah, that does <laughs> uh, Anyway, we, we do talk about Utah, uh, thus the name. Uh, we all love Utah. We live here for a reason, and the people that we talk to love Utah. I uh, have businesses in Utah, and uh, that's pretty much all we ever talk about is Utah. And I'm excited that this week gets to be and farm Ireland. talk, like for real. Yeah, so, I think it was perfect that we did farm talk at the beginning of spring, too. Yeah, so we had we had our, our Irish horticulturist on for uh, Ireland for Day. For Irish Day. Um, for the for the green beer day. Um, by the way, they were supposed to have green beer at the RSL game. Dumb as shit, by the way, but regardless. I didn't uh, even know. I never saw it. Um, basically, I didn't see much because it was cold and snowing. It was awesome. And huh? great. It was it was fun. So anyway, we had Peter on. Thank you again, Peter, for that. And then today we had Farmer Luke. Uh, so uh, enjoy that when, when you get to hear it. Um, hey, Peter, we told uh, Farmer Luke about you and, and your landscapes. Have you? Wow, my cat. Our, see, our cat wants to be the fifth. Like he's totally the, up on the chair, is he like up on talking the chair, into like the microphone. Yeah. Yes, that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> he's like looking up at it like. There, you got to turn it on though if you want him to maybe say something. We'll just leave it on for a minute. It was trying. To see what happens. <laughs> um, anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I I'd like to say I did something useful and interesting this weekend, but um, I got my potatoes planted. Speaking of farm talk, that's good. I did start my. Uh, I started my indoor seedlings. So they don't freeze. Well, and we were just upstairs, and in less than seven days, it's been like five days. I think I did them Sunday. I might have done them. Then that would like three two days. days, two or three days. <laughs> no, yeah, I think so, you oh, did yeah, them shit, Saturday. Only, fuck, it's only two, three days. Those things are yeah. already forming. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did it Saturday. They germinated fast. They are wonder twin cauliflower. Holy shit! <laughs> uh, I did not expect. I expected like a whole week at least before I'd start to see some. So I was looking last night, and he was making fun of me. Yeah, I'm like, I was just checking to make sure that it was staying moist. Uh, so they would germinate, but damn, there's already fucking cauliflower popping out. So who knows? Farmer Farmer Luke thought I was going to lose those crops. So he says, if you got if you put them outside too soon, but you can yeah. keep them inside for no, quite a while. No, I can't keep them, and I can probably keep them in that little bitty container for a while. For a while, I think, yeah. yeah. And then you can always replant to. They have the bigger, the uh, bigger pots like that are fake pots. Yeah. Well, they're 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 made to go in the ground, pot and all. Oh, the like cardboard. 
things. Mm-hmm. They yeah. look like cardboard, but they're actually decomposable material. And is it like a newspaper or something? Sort of. It, it looks more like brown cardboard, but kind it's thinner. Of, which yeah. is just you tear the bottom off when you're ready, and then just put the whole thing in the ground. So you, you can just cover it with dirt. You can move up to that if they if they get bigger. Yeah, I might do that. I might do that. Do that with egg cartons. Yeah, it's a, sim- it's a similar material to that. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a good idea. Well. We'll see what happens. I'm 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 really blown away. That <laughs> fast like I was up. thinking it's been a week, but it hasn't. It's only been like three days. I think I did them Saturday morning, and it's only Tuesday night. So that's three days. That's well, fucking. Wasn't it even? S- no, because we had the seeds. We bought the seeds last weekend. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. So anybody else have anything fun happen this weekend? Chirp, chirp. Delivered cakes. And worked on my house. So delivered cakes, does that mean you, you just delivered them, or does that mean you actually made cakes and delivered them? No, I delivered one on Friday, and then I finished it up another one up on Friday night and delivered the next one on Saturday morning. Oh, okay. So you, you really didn't do a whole lot of cake work so much as just delivering them. That's why I said I delivered cakes. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. So uh, real quick, next week uh, we're going to talk all about booze, so... Right, that's next week? Yep. Liquor and alcohol and beer. So we're going to have a lot of talk about that. And we'll probably do some legislative recap as well, um, just because it'll fit in nicely there. We might save that. Uh, But the legislative session is over. Uh, A lot of shit happened, and uh, stuff's getting signed, and more shit will happen, and who knows. We'll talk about it later, not today. I do want to say, though, so in events, um, I didn't realize this. So I was talking to Jeremy about this earlier before you guys got here uh, or before we started talking on mic. But so Jenny Wilson for Senate, I'm on their mailing list. Jenny on the block. And I got an email from Jenny on the block once a week. I got an email today at about 3.30 that said, the Democratic caucus is today. Don't forget. (laughs) Did you know that? We've had signs all over my town. Nope, not not at all. I, I haven't seen know it one was coming sign. up. I, I may have suggested we postpone or change when we do the podcast so I could go. That was the first thing that I had seen about it. And I again, I get an email from her every single week. And the first email about the caucus that she's had in months is the day of the caucus at 3.30 in the afternoon. Not a lot of advance notice to go to a caucus and, and help someone out. So... Um, I feel like I am less involved, um, but my uh, state representative lives like two blocks from me. So if I need to go harass him, I know where he lives. Maybe he'll know who uh, who owns our fence. Uh, well, I sent you the number for our council member. Yeah, like that's going to stay. It's going to get lost and buried in our chat. Well, I know how to get them. They're pretty easy. So anyway, uh, there's that. Uh, I think we got to get on to events, though, because we have a, a pretty long show today. Well, good news is I don't have a lot, so... Did you do some of your events when, when Farmer Luke was talking about his... Only one of them. Huh. Yeah, so he does have an event this, this weekend? Yeah, on the 24th, uh, every summer they do a uh, like a summer camp for kids. Uh, what were the ages that he said? Like five? Five or... to 12. Yeah. And so this weekend on the 24th from one to three, they're doing... Just kind of like an explore the summer camp. So basically like an open house. Um, you can go and ask questions. They'll give an on, on-hand tour. Uh, you can also register for the summer camps while you're there. Uh, this weekend also is the... So there are two things that are happening at Shades of Pell Brewery. The first is... Are you, are you still going with me, Jeremy? Are we still invited? 
I sent a message to him. I haven't heard back, but I can. I can. T- I was talking to. Uh, um, I have Jen's text. I cannot. I was text talking to Derek about some other stuff too, but I want to make sure you want to go. It's with on this. my calendar, so okay. So yeah, well, I'll, I'll yeah. message her and make sure. Take your take the mic. Take the fuzzy mic. The fuzzy mic. The fuzzy mic. Anyway, so the twenty eighth, uh, which is a Wednesday. It's actually the Wednesday after our next show, but I wanted to make sure that word is out. Uh, Shades of Pill is hosting. The Oleo beer pairing, which is going to be awesome. It's $36. I'm not sure if it's full, but it's 21 up. Also, Shades of Pell is going to be a tour and tasting that night as well. The other thing is if you don't get on the beer pairing this time, it's going to be a regular thing that they do. Um, so just keep your eyes out, especially on Oleo's page. Keep your eyes out. Yeah, on Facebook. Look at, just pull them out yeah, of Yeah, because they always post their events and... They also have them on their their website as well, so we'll link to that. Um, the 24th and the 25th is the Cheese and Chocolate Festival up at the Naturally His- Natural History Museum of Utah. It's $15. Um, I'm not quite sure what that gets you because all of the workshops on top of that cost extra, but there are really cool workshops. Um, get you a slice of dick cheese and some chocolate. <laughs> Well, yeah. Anyways. Um, And then if you don't feel like spending all of that money, you can spend a little bit less and you can go to uh, the Chocolate Conspiracy on the 31st and do their intro to find chocolate class, which I think would actually be more fun and more personal. Do they make it or just teach you about it? Or a little bit? I believe that they are just teaching you how chocolate is made. Kind of some of the stuff that they talk to us about. They probably make it in front of you and give you some. It's an intro class, Jeremy. It's not how to be a pastry chef. <laughs> <laughs> and you remember our interview with them. Like that, there's just a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah. They're not just going to spill those secrets out into the world, right? So, well, because they yes, have other comp- they have competition that's trying to mimic what they do, and they don't want to. They want to let them stumble and get to the same point at that's a slower true. pace. So, Derby Snap has that too. Um, um, yeah. So the week after that, I told you I only have a couple of events. Uh, the week after that, the twenty eighth to the third is fucking Easter weekend. We don't need to, we're not talking about that. I didn't write down one you Easter thing. You didn't write any egg hunts down? No. Where a magical bunny lays eggs somehow. Lizard. And saves Easter Jesus. Lizards. And that's how Jesus saves your life is because a bunny shit out some chocolate eggs. Easter lizards. Can I, can I say, okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to interrupt you. You can't because there is no Easter on my event. I don't care. I'm going to talk about Easter because it's an important <laughs> event to some people. The closest thing to Easter on here is a rugby ball. Oh, that's cool. Rugby's okay. Um, they do look kind of like eggs, the balls. I mean, they probably don't taste like chocolate. Anyway, so Easter bunnies. So I saw a thing, um, cause you know, you can get the chocolate Easter bunnies. Like that's the fucking Easter thing. There's always chocolate Easter bunnies. Oh, hey, guess what? I put one of our marshmallows in my oatmeal. <laughs> Was that good? <laughs> Was it delicious. Good? Yeah. <laughs> so when you, if you buy, um, marshmallow fluff and put it in cream of wheat. Oh, I bet that's, that's way, like that's dessert. way better than just putting sugar in it. It's yep. amazing. But. Is a marshmallow chocolate. Was it good? Egg. Yeah, so I'm feeling like, so it was like I'm feeling like it's I'm feeling like it's like a long I just I just wonder lines. though with that kind of chocolate because that is like cheap ass. Oh, it's, it is. It's the most basic chocolate ever. It's which means it melted really well. It did. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways. so anyway, so the, I, I, they have these uh, ri- they call them rip and dip bunnies. So it's rip chocolate and bunnies and white chocolate bunnies, and like they're, they're solid, like sectioned off, and you can break off one ear. And dip it in a thing of peanut butter that it comes with. Whoa. 
And I'm like, thinking that peanut butter must be nasty. Though. Well, it's like the it's the small like tub can't be of any better than the cheap. No, chocolate. it's it's the small tub of Jif peanut butter. So it can't be terrible peanut butter. I mean, it's not like, you know, 100%, you know, ground peanut in like, the restaurant sort of peanut butter, but is it the Adams and then you have to you have to stir no, it? No, hey, I I like Adams. Separates. You want to know the trick to Adams peanut butter? Stir it upside down. Yep. Yep. Right there. Huh? Stir it upside broke. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the oil stays cuz oil will be at the That's bottom, what my but grandma it did. Is, yeah. It's a good idea. Uh Adams is good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I saw that and I thought Molly Adams cool. just on a spoon. Um, Starburst did these. Uh, Starburst did this. Uh, they, their jelly beans are the best, by the way. Starburst jelly beans are fantastic. But they did. Not sure if I've ever tried that. a jelly bean mini Starburst combo bag, and like the little mini Starbursts that are unwrapped. They're like you know little squares. Hmm. Um, I don't know how I felt about it because. I would eat the Starburst, and then I was like, I really wanted a jelly bean. And I eat a jelly bean, and I'm like, but damn, that Starburst was good. And so, <laughs> so maybe it was a clever marketing ploy. Sorry, Easter candy, just I love, I love like the marshmallows, the the chicks and rabbits. The chicks and rabbits and, are the best, like circus peanuts. We it, talked about this last year. I know, I know. I can't. I'm pretty sure that is what our episode was called. It was. Too. It, it's it's the bane oh. of. It's been really hard to avoid the Easter candy. I think I've done a fairly good job. So I've only eaten like two of the eggs. It's self, like pretty much self control. It's just, just in my desk at work. Yeah, yeah and they're are they cho- they're chocolate or are they marshmallow? They're, oh. they're so it's a marshmallow. It's an egg carton covered. Right. So you know that the marsh the chocolate covered marshmallow Santas at Christmas. Oh yeah, it's that, but they're Same eggs. Same thing. Gotcha. And they're in an egg carton, and they're not and individually they're like wrapped. They're in like a styrofoam egg, car- egg carton. You open it up, and there's twelve of them, and they look like. Little chocolate eggs with marshmallows on the inside. Yeah, there's. Did you know that the, the last male rhino, white rhino died? Today? Yes, today. Yeah, that's sad. I heard yes. that. No more white rhinos happening, babe. But you know what is happening? Home opener of rugby at Rio Tinto Stadium on the thirtieth. What? God damn it! <laughs> the Utah Warriors. No, I don't. 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 Don't promote this. Because look, here's the thing: <laughs> we had to replace our field a year ago. Because of shit like rugby happening in that fucking stadium. And Deloy Hansen said he's not going to allow other events like that he in lied. that fucking stadium. Well, apparently he lied because it's happening. So that, that kind of event fucks up the grass so bad. It must pay enough. You just call Mr. Hansen and you say, you are a liar. No, I just want him to have to fucking pay to replace another field well, because I'm sure he fucks he it up. Well, if he's willing to replace it, then. You know what? Yeah, but now you have a whole new group of fans that can pay because the tickets are 22 to $120. To that rugby hey, thing? You need yes. To, you need to call and see if our Plus, you ready. also have the women's soccer is going to be starting April in a few 14th. weeks, too. April 14th for that. They're playing the there, too. Yes. Yeah, the, the Royals. And, oh, and yes. that night's a big special event. They have... Rachel Platten's going to be Platten. there. She sings some shit this you probably heard. This is my fight song. Oh, yeah, that dumb oh, yeah, song. That. So she's a triple platinum recording artist, and I can't fucking remember what song she sings. And I, I say song because you. I think it's the only one she actually... Does she have more than that? Yes. Yes, she does, but I don't think anyone knows anything else. Oh. She's, she sings songs like, it's Friday, Friday. You are <laughs> so... <laughs> you're you wrong. are so critical. You're wrong, too. So, Okay, uh, well, since you don't want to talk about, there's two other events. The 31st is the Granary Block Party. Um, the Granary District is where Ruby Snap is. It's where Raven and Jen's studio oh, is. Lots of cool shit Chocolate over there. Conspiracy. Chocolate Conspiracy. So they're going to... Fisher's gonna, Brew Pub. At Kilby Court, they're going to be having a party. Isn't it proper over there, too? No. 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 Proper no. is on Main Street and, like, 8 South. 
That's close enough. <laughs> it's like two fucking blocks away. I know, but if that's not part of the greenery district. The greenery district. Yeah. So um It's like it's like the Mormon neighborhood here and the Mormon neighborhood there. They are not connected. Nah, the fucking across the street is do West not, Jordan. Do not mix. <laughs> Speaking of, by the way, remember how this is like gangland over here? There was a fucking shooting yesterday, like two blocks that way yeah, now in West was. Jordan. Yep. Shot up a bunch of people's fucking cars and houses. Yep. Drive by. There's one down at park too. See, it's not just Kearns. Representative <laughs> Hutchings, fix it. Yeah. I know where you live. You live in my neighborhood, bitch. <laughs> yeah, because that's not... He probably listens to our show, too. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm guessing. sure. I'm guessing. Okay, so one more. The 29th, <laughs> what is better than Nick Passy and pizza? Nothing, basically. Uh, at SD Pizza in Sugar House, Nick oh, will yeah. be playing a show, and you can have pizza. And SD Pizza's good for uh, It pizza. is, and it's at 7 o'clock, so Maybe we'll Maybe they gave away pugs in a bag. No. Not at a pizza shop. I don't uh, want a bag of pugs. Pugs on a pizza? Ew. No. <laughs> Why would you say, oh, how do you not know that they don't taste good? <laughs> <laughs> Figure out that word, word salad, that motherfucker. Was, yeah, that was a word salad of... I'm just lost. Look, I'm just learning from our president, okay? Oh my god. Just I'm gonna make, make stuff up. Well, you know, so I'm the final make, I thing. told my mom this is the final line for me. He spelled Marine Corps wrong. Jeez. Yeah. Marine Corps. Yeah, he spelled it C O R E. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. He's in charge of him. Is he gonna change the name? Well, look, this is the same guy that's like, well, I think pretty soon we're gonna have a space force. Yeah. Did you hear that? Did you hear that whole speech? Uh, you yes. can tell through the through the movement of of that fucking bit of the speech. He he says something. He realizes what he said is really fucking dumb, and he manages. And then to, he doubles down on he it. He doubles down, and in his doubling down and the stupidity that comes out of his mouth following it, he convinces himself it's a good idea, and then makes it a good idea. Like just in that interview where. Where Buzz Aldrich was next, standing next to him. Oh, God, yeah. And, he's and everything he's saying, Buzz is just like, what? Just shaking his head like, motherfucker, I'm almost dead, and I cannot believe what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, what do you, we said something like, there's, well, we have the Air Force, and then we have, we have fighting forces in, in the air and on the sea and on the ground, and pretty soon we'll need them in space, and space is a militarized place now. It's a space force. We need a space force. Space force. Space force. Yeah. Make so, that a movie. There was apparently um, already a like a short-lived shitty TV show yeah. called Space Force. Maybe that's where he got like it in from. Seventies. Maybe he was watching it in, in his McDonald's hamburgers. God. Damn. So I was watching um, an interview with him before he became president. While Obama was president, uh, while he was totally slamming him for all the golfing that he's done, and then they reported oh, like yeah. how much golfing he's done. <sighs> all I know we is don't his, need to talk about him anymore. Yeah, let's, his yeah. resort at Mar-a-Lago is making some money. Um, we're in, let's just we'll get right. You, you're done with events, right? You said you just had that one more. Yes. Awesome, Nick Passy. Um, um, by the way, somebody busted into his house, stole his laptop, and what? his cool yellow jacket, and his guitar case that didn't have a guitar in, but had a bunch of stuff in it. That is so shitty. It is. That's really fucking laptop. shitty. Yeah, the, yeah, the laptop's yeah. the big deal. Because I'm sure it's got a whole bunch of stuff he didn't have backed up elsewhere. No, he's Every time smart, I think dude. about Nick Passy, I think about Pretty Bird Chicken. <laughs> 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 now I, now I want to eat some Pretty Bird Chicken. Just because just cause we had it. When yeah, because we, well, we made such a big deal about like eating it in front of him and stuff. And yeah. So now I, my when, mouth is watering when, for <laughs> When a group of people chicken. invite a vegan over and eat chicken in front of him, <laughs> like assholes. 
Yeah, sure good. good chicken, though. <laughs> Brie got two pieces. I got hers. two pieces, and I ate both of them. Is there anything in here you guys really want to talk about? Because there's a couple I do um, that are no. fun. So to be I, honest, I didn't even open the Word document. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about this couple in Provo that is making these fairy houses. Did you look at the pictures of these houses? They're pretty awesome. They're fucking cool as hell. So in, in Provo, there's a there's a couple there. Um, Mike and Debbie Schramer. I guess that's how you say their name. I don't fucking know. Um, but they basically collect trash. <laughs> as far hey, as they I, were married the year we were born, Jeremy. Oh, boy. 1975. So they're a young couple. <laughs> but anyway, they they uh, they they've loved art and antiques right like their along. whole life, and uh, they create these crazy like fairy house things. Didn't we talk about that fairy forest thing that's here in Utah once? Yes, but that got cleaned up. Yeah, but this is cleaned like up. this is like real fairies. Yeah, that was is... like people leaving their right, trash. To be clear. Fairies don't exist, people. And did you not hear the conversation we had last week with Peter? Uh, we did. We did. Uh, they That's exist a, and they're scary. Yeah. They, Those are the face. little people. But in Ireland. They're like they're the, the little people. Look, they can travel. Maybe. Maybe. You've heard Peter. Airfare's cheap right now. But here's the thing. Wouldn't, honestly, wouldn't, if a fairy were to travel, wouldn't it die in the overhead compartment like the dogs did? (laughs) I mean, I just don't think that's a safe place for fairies to fly. They have wings. They don't need to fly on an airplane. Do you know how fucking far it is from Ireland a year? What if they just hopped on a plane? What if they came over on a boat? What? (laughs) (laughs) What are you fucking people saying right now? (laughs) Hop on the Disney cruise. Acorn. Lid. An acorn in a, lid across the ocean. With a fucking, with like a broad leaf from an elm yes. tree or a maple tree? Yes. Jesus Christ. We Peter, have devolved. I'm I sorry. I can't wait to hear the message we get from this one. So they've, they've published a couple of books, uh, but it, these these things, just go out and check them out. Look them up. What's the name of their business? I don't Fairy House Vintage Antiques and Art. Yeah, go look up their stuff. The the It's just really cool because it's a lot of old like pieces of driftwood and stuff that they have turned into these really cool little doll houses, basically. I'm going to take this to my boss because he's obsessed with fairies. Is he really? Yeah. he. Which he, one? Kwyneth. In his at his old house, he built a fairy garden, and he just recently moved. Oh, I, really? Yeah, that's kind of cool, though. That's really yeah. cool. He he loves I, it. I I don't picture it's that coming from him. He that says fairies don't exist. They don't. But, totally cool. But all the fake fairy shit. But like also, that. would you but look behind you? Look at all the shit. But I have would on you my expect Clonith to bring games to work and then send an email to everybody that says, "Hey, at lunchtime, I brought games. If you guys want to bring your lunch down, we'll play lunch. At, we'll play games at lunch." No, yeah. I wouldn't expect that either. But a whole bunch of people were down there having a blast at lunchtime, and I could only go down and get water because I was so busy. Okay. So the other thing I want to talk about <laughs> is the we folk, more we folk. Uh, um, so there's this really cool thing going on in Sandy. Um, paper. P- I talked about this before. This is one of my events at one time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. I don't know. I, obviously. Do, look, we are that. people. We are. Well, this is episode 95 because I don't think we said that we are approaching 100. We're going to do nothing special probably for 100. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably We're just make talk. jalapeno poppers. I, I'm going to make food for people, apparently. Um, it's now been doned as a, I have to do it. I probably said I would at some point. They're so good. <laughs> um, but anyway, 
we're almost to 100 episodes. Do you think I remember some event that you did 16 months ago? Or last week? 16 months ago. Was it 24 months ago? No. Was it three months ago? Probably. Was it last week? No. All right. <laughs> anyway, this is a... <laughs> so back to this. This is a cool program. So uh, there's a there's a group here locally called uh, Paper Plane Productions. Is that their name? Yes. I think. Um, they do... Uh, 3D animation classes basically for kids as as young as five years old. They teach them how to start doing 3D animation. Um, the average students between nine and eighteen though, um, but that's really freaking cool. Uh, they just set them in front of and kids are so damn smart when it comes to this stuff now. Like you see the crazy shit that they build in stupid Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> did I tell you I had a client who. Designed their house in Minecraft. Yeah, and yes, sent he it did. to you and wanted you to make it real. <laughs> you should have made like totally build it like just like all pixelated. Like did you? Well, did yes. you do it like super blocky? <laughs> no. All right, so oh here, my gosh. so Next Minecraft time. Minecraft's been huge for a while, and a few years ago, I'm in the toy store and I see one of the Minecraft like plushy Minecraft dolls so that they've like, made. The one looks like a penis? Yeah, it's like a green dick. It looks like a <laughs> pair penis of, and balls. It looks like a pair of balls and a shaft coming out of the center of them. And it's some Minecraft character, but it just looks like a dick. Is it the sword? No, it's a, one of the characters here. I'll the pull it up. Or what? You, I don't you guys know. talk about creepy Minecraft. <laughs> when I was when I was a kid, so my mom is big on moving her furniture around. Like she doesn't like to leave it in the same spot. I just always leave mine where it is because like it's the best place where it is. But so when I was little, I used to try and do that all the time too. So I used to get graph paper and draw my room out and then <laughs> cut my furniture out and then move my furniture around in my graph paper bedroom. <laughs> you tell me that doesn't look like a dick. <laughs> well, yeah. That looks like a cock and balls. Does it not? <laughs> cock and balls. <laughs> what is it? Like, what is it supposed to be? And so it's some, uh, some plushy. I don't know what it, the name of it, it is. Isn't that what its name is at the end? Dog a... No, no. Because this... Th Dad's big plan, Minecraft penis I can't plush. see that from here. Yeah, no, it's not that. And so I don't why know. don't you Google what is the name of the the Minecraft character that looks like a penis? Because I bet you there's an answer he in did. Google. I did, but... Uh, no, what's the name of the... It's a creeper? It's Ask a, what the yeah, name Yeah, maybe of that's what it is, a Minecraft creeper. I don't know. <clears throat> This is riveting. Yeah, it's just, it's just a creeper. It's a Minecraft creeper. It looks like a dick. Just look for creeper plushie, Minecraft creeper plushie. You'll see. It looks like a dick. It's. I saw it, and I'm like, what the hell is this toy? Like, I cannot believe this is something that kids... Well, to be fair, it doesn't really... I mean, it does, but it's like square and stuff. Uh, and it's green. Uh, but when you're dealing with a plushie, it's not quite square. Uh, by the way, those classes are only $20. Yeah, super cheap. Super <laughs> cheap. Uh, so, I mean, that's an event. Uh, I don't want to do Jess's job for her, but... <laughs> Maybe if you were more in tune with what I wanted events to be when, when I want... <laughs> I'm open to feedback. Uh, I'm not. So, um, do you want to talk about that real quick? Because it is pretty big news. It's pretty cool news. Uh, yeah. So the University of Utah uh, Health opened its first free prep clinic with the EP in capitals. Oh shit! I was looking at the wrong one. <laughs> I didn't care as much about that. One. Oh come on. We'll just talk about it briefly. Anyways, it's a volunteer-run clinic, and it'll be so HIV pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is prep. Um, 
basically this clinic is offering the no bills for visits, labs, prescriptions, so treatments. The the big deal about the big deal about, deal about this. So prep is is basically like take this, don't get AIDS. Right, you have like a ninety percent chance to not contract the virus if you're on this medication. But it also costs fifteen thousand dollars. It's fifteen thousand dollars a pill. Now most insurance covers that, but guess what? The number one uninsured group of Americans is the same young men, young men, men eighteen to twenty five, I think, which actually is also the highest risk for HIV contraction in the country. Same age group. Uh, that is underinsured is the highest risk. And so that's what's so big about this this clinic is it's going to provide those services to patients uh, at no or low cost, uh, which is What really did you want to talk about, Utah County? Yeah, the, the little, so there's a long story about Utah County, but Utah County basically has added a non-discrimination clause. So the Freedom Festival is... Uh, very well known in Provo. It's Fourth of July parade, and oh, this one's in color. It is, yeah, uh, that was that's the other how important artwork. Jess thought it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like all your other shits, black and white, double sided. This one, color, single page, and bigger font. Um, anyways, so the Freedom Festival has uh, continuously denied any LGBT entries into this parade. So, no, and they've said, and they've said down there that we don't allow any kind of political oriented stuff but as, as Jess was telling me earlier and it's true they do end up having political yeah they have political and figures in it all the time and so. so it was nice to see that Utah County has said you know what for they didn't say specifically Freedom Fest but they added to all of their their funding contracts for things like festivals and parades basically you cannot discriminate uh, at all when they of course list based on gender sexual identity race um, sexual orientation. Um, so, and this all stemmed from the big thing was, is there was a, a guy that got approved to be in the parade and basically like a month or so before the parade, or I don't remember. It was last year. I think that that, that happened. Yeah. And, and basically they stripped him of being able to be in the parade, like within a month of the parade happening. So, and, and you put a lot of work into floats. They're not like Fucking two days before the parade, you put them together. There, there are a months. lot of time. There are months of, of planning and building and working. And, you know, they, they said it was because they didn't want anyone with an agenda. Um, but it's because he was gay. So. so I just I just want to say this really quick about this. It says last week, Freedom Festival Executive Director Paul Warner told the commission that while the festival agreed with Encircle's mission, allowing them to march in the parade might open up the door to allowing issue-oriented groups such as gun control advocates to also march in the parade. Yeah, because I'm sure that g being gay is a, is the gateway to owning. Are there a, a gun. lot of gun control well, look, floats? We all know. <laughs> we all know that we all know that being gay is a choice, just like owning a gun, right? Well, you know, there's another school shooting today, so obviously. God. Unbelievable. We're not going to get into that. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to Farmer Luke for the next hour and a half or so. Uh, so hopefully you will enjoy that. And if you don't, then this then might you're not... stupid because well, it's amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not going to say you're stupid, but maybe this isn't the podcast for you. So go ahead and share it with your friends to see if it's something they would like. <laughs> Good uh, and then selling, babe. <laughs> and then maybe you'll come back at some other point. So with us today, we have Farmer Luke. And that's how I'm going to jump into it. I'm just going to go just right for it. 
Okay. Anything else I need to know before you jump right into it? Well, it's a little late for that. Can I, <laughs> you're can here, I say you're something in. I shouldn't say? You can say whatever you, you want. You can to say, say whatever you want. That's, that's you're right. not that's gonna right. say anything that's gonna offend or upset this group. I can yeah. promise yeah. you that. But we yeah. should say Farmer Luke of Peterson Family Farms. That's true. It's true. So uh, yeah, Peterson Family Farms. How, how long have you been a farmer, Luke? <laughs> All my life, I'm a fifth generation farmer. Fifth generation. That's a long time. Oh, yeah. How how has the size of your farmland in the Salt Lake Valley changed over those five <laughs> generations? Yeah, and it's changed in lots of different ways. We used to lease a lot of ground. So my grandpa had 120 acres of ground um, originally when I was, that's what I've always known the farm to be. And But we leased another couple hundred acres, you know, two to three hundred acres on top of that just wow. around uh, so we used to farm quite a bit of ground, um, but now we just, I don't know, the business now is bigger than I think it was when my grandpa, you know, even farmed that much ground because we do things differently than he used to. But in terms of farming, it's changed land-wise, you know, for so, sure. So you grew up being a farmer in Utah, uh, and were there ever ambitions to do anything else? Other than farm? <laughs> I mean, was this like, did you settle on it? Because it was a daydream eyes just appeared. He was like, or, oh. I mean, were, were you, did you think that you were just always going to farm? Or did you have, you know, a, a dream of doing something different? And You know, this, I, I made that face because this is a conversation my wife and I have all the time. So. She's still <laughs> saying, you never sure? had any other ambition than being a farmer. <laughs> is there not anything you want to do when you grow up? Is, is there not anything else? You're like, honey, you married a farmer. Okay. Just, just deal with it. And she'll say, well, when we, when we first got married, you said that, um, you knew after you met me, um, you knew you wouldn't be just a farmer. And I said, that's what I said. I knew that I wouldn't be just a farmer. Because now you're a husband, I feel like, right? That's right. And, and, um, I think back then I didn't know. It was more like something, that, a feeling that I had that I could be a farmer and more. And that's kind of what... A farmer and a bell. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what Peterson Family Farm has become for me. It's more about, it's, it's about more than just growing food. It's about more. We can talk about that, you know. But, yeah. yeah. So that's that's been my ambition. I just love the farm. The farm is like my muse. It's my canvas, you know. It's the way that I view the world. It's the way that I share the way I feel about the world. And so it's, to me, um, I, I, I knew I would never, I knew I would always be a farmer. But I, I dreamed about being that and more. Did you did you go to school to learn how to farm? I mean, I know you grew up doing it, but did you go to like Utah State has a great agricultural program? Yeah, I did. I I have a degree from Utah State in um what's that one? <laughs> it's in uh, agricultural systems technology, which is code for a broad production ag degree. I've just never been the kind of guy that wanted to specialize in anything. Everybody always gave me advice that I would never I would I could never be successful if I didn't specialize in my education. So like what what do you mean by specialize? I don't know, like, like go into like plant breeding watermelons, you know? <laughs> I don't know, like create the next cause. Everybody wants Santa. to like yeah, everybody or you know, 
wanted me to become like um, a animal science specialist or an agronomist or a, but I just never felt comfortable doing any of those things. I just wanted to be close to the land. I wanted to learn all I could about how to um, how to relate to different parts of agriculture mm-hmm. and different kind of people. And so this is a broad ag degree. I went to four, three other schools, I guess, <laughs> before. I went to SUU and I went to Salt Lake Community College and I went to UVSC. It was UVSC yeah. back then. And then I transferred all that up to Utah State. And that was another good reason to take that degree because they would take all my... <laughs> <laughs> like, well, this one was the quickest and cheapest way. <laughs> but it was amazing. I mean, and I wouldn't have done it any differently because it really opened my... You know, it gave me a lot of opportunities. I, I don't... You know, I, I got to choose because I wasn't ready yet to choose. So I did that. And then Utah State also has this really awesome program uh, called the inter- an International MBA in oh, food yeah, yeah. and agribusiness management. And it's actually a joint degree. So it's actually not USU's degree. It's awarded by the Royal Agricultural University in Sirencester, England. Well, wow, that wow. sounds fancy. Yeah. So, and I was like, bam, that's it. You know, <laughs> MBA broad, you know, but we get to go overseas. We get to meet new people. And my wife's really uh, an international, she's a linguist. And so she, she dreams of being not here all the time. She's like, well, the other problem. Like, oh, Jake. joy. I can really use my skills as a linguist and, 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 and uh, Draper. And, 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 actually, she's been, she's found ways to do it. But yeah, we, um, yeah, so we went to England. You do, you just do one, this intense semester at USU, which is actually like a, you know, uh, they're not, they're credits that are accredited by that university. Mm-hmm. And then you go over and do, um, a couple of terms over there. And then uh, in England, even in an MBA, you have to do a dissertation. They call it a dissertation, which mm-hmm. we only attach to a PhD, but they call it a dissertation. Most MBAs, you don't do a, write, a thesis like right. Yeah, like yeah. But we had to do one. And so I, that's when I really knew what, it, what I was, that's when I really realized what I wanted. So what did you do your dissertation on? Um, integrated... What was it called? Integrated <laughs> rural t- rural tourism. Yeah, integrated rural tourism. Yeah. Hmm. So um, in Armenia. So yeah, I speak Armenian. I went on a LDS mission to Armenia, and I learned Armenian. And I thought, if I'm going to do a thesis, I'm not going. Most of the guys from the program just went back and worked for their professors at USU to do their thesis project but i was like screw that i'm going <laughs> go back to Armenia. i'm gonna go somewhere crazy yeah. you know like why would i go back i know what it's like in utah so we we went to armenia and i just realized when what i loved about england was um they had all in this part of england it's in the cotswold region and it's so amazingly beautiful there and um they're really uh, preserving agriculture is super important to England because they don't got a big land. Yeah, they don't have a whole lot of land. <laughs> yeah. So um, they really hang on to it. And they had tons of these little um, farm markets where you could go and you could buy local produce. But I didn't love it because uh, we were too poor to buy their local produce. You know, <laughs> like, uh, they had to, uh, we were buying, you know, rice and beans and stuff to try to survive because the dollar was at two to one. We, our money was worth nothing when we were over there. How um, long ago was that? That was in 2008. Oh, so not that long ago. 
Yeah. It's still not worth that much. <laughs> yeah. It's a little, a little bit more. <laughs> so yeah, we went over there and I just loved having a place where I could go, um, where I really felt like I was a part of the community. That's what I loved about it. I could walk into the fields. I could meet people that thought like, you know, that had ideas like me, that loved things like me. I could talk to them about what grows in England. What's that tree? You know, I was going down this crazy road. Oh, yeah, that's the bloody blah road. And that leads <laughs> to this magical place. And then we would find like magical places. They're everywhere. So I love that. And that's when I realized, you know, I wanted to share my farm. And that's what it meant to be a farmer and more. I wanted to have a farm I could share. So was that the inspiration for what you've done at your farm? Because mm-hmm. So by the way, I live behind Stampin' Up. Oh, cool. Like so, right behind. Yeah, oh, yeah, you were telling me that. So I've frequented your farm since you opened it, basically. Well, so we've always you. been there. So, so I, guess, I guess I'll have to admit that, and I'm getting off track, and we'll, we'll get back to your stories. <laughs> Those little green looking, and I can't remember what they're called. They're little, the little squash, they're green. They're about this big. They're kind of like a pumpkin, but the inside's bright orange. What are those called? Kombucha? Then you sell them. Yeah. Or they call them, uh, they Sun- call kombucha sunshine or bu- buttercup. Oh, the sunshine. But they're not green. The ones that I like that are called sunshine are orange on the outside and on the inside. But they also have the like So the buttercup. green ones that you sell, that you have sold in the past. Yeah. Was that what, it's a it's what? They can, kombucha? They, they call kombucha. Okay. Or they can also be like a buttercup, you know, squash. So, so the ones I got from your farm I loved so much that... How probably six, seven years ago. Well, how long have you been open? Since two thousand nine. Almost, almost. So, yeah. So, so I got them and I really liked them. So I bought a bunch of them and I harvested the seeds out of them, dried them, and I've been growing them ever since <laughs> in my own garden. <laughs> off those seeds. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> now that's what we love, right? Like discovering something different. That's what we love. Yeah, about. Jeremy's a Jeremy's a sort of urban farmer. He was I disappointed in the fields going way right behind his house. <sighs> For all the development. So I'm right there where they, they're wiping out the farm behind me right now, currently, and putting in houses. So if you go on 132nd, mm-hmm. uh, what used to be Nolan's farm, I don't know if you know what it is. I don't know who Nolan is. They, so we farm close to there. So we farm the back of the cemetery. That's right by yeah. Stampin' Up. Yeah. We farm the field behind the cemetery. So just and then on the, a just little bit the, to the south. Just on the other side of that, a little bit farther south and east. Yeah. he sold. I know where that is. Right on the canal. Right on the canal. Yeah, yeah. it killed so his he, bees. He sold. He lost all his bees. Lost all my bees year. last year because I, 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 this is my guess. I had the bees. They were so, and I've had bees for probably six, seven years now. But um, I got them all in. Got them all going last year. Three months in, I'm guessing. They came in and they leveled all the fields behind us, and they were alfalfa. Yeah, all of it, just like in that three days. Farm. And then my, I lost they, my bees. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. I think it's because they'd established those fields. Yeah, for for their use, and when they and then they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do is my guess. But it upsets things, right? Yeah, when boy, they, there's time. a yeah, it's it's upsetting, like not just emotionally, but like it's upsetting when things get. Paved over. Well, yeah. stuff goes away from you. We lose things. Yeah, we're yeah. they are. They're actually building. Was that twenty something homes right across was the that, street? From I know me. you farmed that. Was that one that was your property, or you just leased that? We just leased it for my whole life. Yeah, because oh. oh, I know be for years and years and years, you guys have farmed it, and that was the parking lot, like for the pumpkin patch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially in the early years. Uh huh. Yeah, and now it's 
got a big concrete wall right on the road. It feels so oppressive, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like if what I was a other, bee, I would die. What about probably. the other half? Because um, only uh, only half of it's developed. Or are they about going to develop the other half? Or do you behind? Still, mm-hmm. That's not owned. That's a oh, that's different else. owner. Yeah. That's somebody else. And it probably, I mean, I don't know. This is something I want to talk about today, too, if we get the chance. Like, well, we're right, talking about how we can have a vision. Right Let's do it. How we can have a vision of a, a better place to live. You know? How we can slow. I feel like we got to slow things down for hell's sakes, you know? Like, it's, it's not that important that, I don't know, the development and just the excitement and and, you know, about this area. Utah's the number one, um, I don't know if you know this, but percentage-wise, number one state in the nation for population growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah it has been for a while. We well, were just so, talking about the housing industry because this house that just went up for sale over here is going up for sale for $275,000, and it's 1,900 square feet. And we were looking at the pictures, and we're like, how is that a two hundred and seventy-five thousand? Like I wouldn't, uh, yeah. Like you sell well, that. What are you years buying? Ago, six years ago, houses around me were selling. That some of the newer ones were selling for two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Now they're selling for almost four hundred. Yeah, close to half a million. million. The new neighborhood behind me, the signs all say starting at seven hundred thousand. Mm. Yeah. So I can't afford to move 10 feet behind my own house. <laughs> well, gosh, I don't know. I mean, you the know? good news is you can sell your house for close to that. But then what? But then where do you well, go? So, so going back to the land being eaten up, um, just across from Walmart, that whole big area that's been farmed forever, mm. that now they're putting in that whole shopping district. Yep. Another shopping district? That is all of that yep. land up there is owned by the... LDS Church. Oh. Why are they selling? They, they did it. They did the same thing in Saratoga Springs too. Just sold it off. They it, I, one time, uh, one of their real estate investors was at a conference, and I asked him what the what the strategy is with their lands, and it's he said it's the safest, highest producing investment that that exists, and that so true. they go. They actually strategically buy properties 10 to 20 years from development because that's when most of the um well, some of that land they've most had of the increase happens for 100 so. years haven't they some of those farm some lands of them, have been yeah. there for since the valley was yeah and but I they, don't, they do that outside of utah too everywhere to degree, yeah they have huge tracks of land in montana don't they everywhere but but a lot of the, like, I don't know about up in this area but down by me saratoga springs a lot of that is farmland so doesn't that product go to the storehouses? Like, why would they it does. give that up? <laughs> Unless they're leasing it out to someone else. It does. It is. They are, they are like welfare farms, mm-hmm. um, and they're supposed to go to, um, to the welfare system. But when you can... I know. This is the thing. But this, and I want to talk about this, pretty. because there's, there's different ways to estimate value of things and this goes back to like the ability to slow things down you know like there's it hurts my feelings when people say and this is different when when farms are owned by individuals i'm a fifth generation farmer you know my the farm i tell people this peter i call it peterson family farm not because farming is like our family business or something our family does. I call it Peterson Family Farm because the farm is a part of our family. 
like a mem. It feels like to me a member of my family. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been with us, and but it doesn't die. You know, like it. it yeah. My 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 great great grandpa was farming, and now I'm doing the same thing. And it, it, there's a connection there. And so when people come to me and they say, "My gosh, Luke, you've got." Um, you're sitting on a gold mine, you know. I mean, you know where our farm is. It's right on Bangor Highway. Yep. I, every year I pay, t- you know, we, we're, we're in, thankfully, enrolled in the Greenbelt program that helps give us a break on property tax. But when I get my assessment every year, it's valued at $375,000 an acre. Yeah. Think about how many <laughs> damn tomatoes you got to grow, you know. To, yeah. <laughs> that's not what we paid for it, and it, but and and people. That's a say, lot of those fancy squash. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that's, but Jeez, that's, Jeremy, you're still in. You saved those seeds, and now you're stealing his tax money. But that tells you why uh, 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 an entity like the LDS Church is willing to sell a huge plot of land right there. Well, yeah, they're paying high taxes. Well, for not something just that, that they but could, it's this is what people say. Just why don't you just sell this? And you could go buy, you could sell your, because we, our, our family only owns now six and a half acres, my immediate family. My aunts and uncles own another 20 or so, but my immediate family owns six and a half acres. They say you could sell that property, your family could, and you could go to Idaho <laughs> and you could buy 500, 1,000 acres, you know, and you could be a farmer. But you know, did like, you say, um, Idaho? I, I would have to move to Idaho? <laughs> did you say? <laughs> I was trying to explain this to my kids the other day. Um, and this is something I'm really trying to do is try to help my kids understand why I do what I do. Because, you know, we, we sacrifice a lot to be farmers, you know. It, it takes a lot of time and, and um, can be stressful. And I said... To my son, I said, hey, Craigie, um, a buddy of mine just offered me $5 million for you, you know? <laughs> you could go, you know. <laughs> that's a, the, good, way to, that's a know, good way to illustrate the you point. You could go though. and live with them. And he's like, Dad, don't talk like that. <laughs> and I was like, why not, buddy? I was like, you could, you could like buy Whatever you want, you know, you could do whatever you want. We have a cat. This is another example. We have a cat on the farm. Somebody offered me a thousand dollars for her. What? <laughs> it's like a stupid muddy cat, you know. It's not. She's not it's stupid. A, it's a farm cat, though. It's right? a farm it's an cat. Outdoor cat that changes. But she's life. so like cuddly and uh, interesting. And we have cats. So. Yeah. And so I said, but this was the thing, you know. Um, so somebody, I was like, but we wouldn't have her. And and somebody was like, but you could buy like my little boy, Craigie, actually the same one. He goes, but dad, he's doing the math in his head because we paid 20 bucks for this cat. He goes, dad, you could buy 50 cats, you know, with that. But they might not be cuddly. And that's, that's you, you, kinda, you, you, it's a crapshoot with a how cat. How do you put value on, how do you put value on these kind of things? You know, yeah. I mean, the market comes in and they see I could buy this land. I could build a establishment. I could do this amount of revenue per year, and then they back that into what they believe the value is of the property, what it could be used for. But to me, 
that value is intrinsic, you know, like yeah. it's something else. It has a soul to it. And just like I would never sell my Craig, no matter how, and, <laughs> nor, nor would he sell, nor well, would human trafficking. I don't know <laughs> nor would he, you know, be enticed by even $5 million to go live with another family. It's the way I feel about my farm. And I know that sounds silly. And if there's any developers listening, they would say, well, that's kind of, you know, you could, you would easily, you know, get used to another piece of property and you would be happy to have the money and you would, you know, whatever. But to me, there are some things that when we lose them, we lose more right. than what we yeah. were probably willing to give. But, and and all we have is our life, you know, like that's it. But put a year on it. That's five generations. So your second, I assume we're probably all close to the same age. Your second great-grandparents... That's the 1800s. I mean, you can't. Yeah. I understand where developers Let's are coming from, but I'm the, I'm sentimental in that <clears throat> aspect as well. And so it's been a, a farm am, for 150 years. I'm sure that developers are just like oh, stick some condos God. on it. They're like, dude, <laughs> there is sewer. There's gas. There's three phase power. Yeah. You can, you know, like it. They call it. You know, some people think that it's. It's really, you know, a bad, like they're angry about the fact that I, I'm wasting resources <laughs> by being in a place like that. And uh, to me, it doesn't feel like that. But well, do you get an opportunity to turn around to these developers and say, yes, but this, this and this is what we are providing for the community. And it's not anywhere else in the valley. I mean, unless you get up to like Brigham City or something, or even further down south to, you know, the Paysons and Zanaquins. There's not anything tangible like what you have in the Salt Lake Valley. Yeah, there's pieces of, and, and that's for us, that's how we've, that's how I feel like we've been able to survive. So if there's anybody listening, you know, that would be, you know, that would wonder about how a farm can survive in, in town. I can tell you that our philosophy is that farms are more than food. So if you believe that a farm is only supposed to produce green kombucha squash, <laughs> if that's the, if that's, which is awesome. And you have a story about that, you know, but if that's it, you know, if it's only meant to just grow some food, um, then yeah. Why would you, I mean, it would be also irresponsible to take a piece of ground that's five, that's six and a half acres and not go buy a 500 acre farm, take what I know about growing food and grow, you know, a hundred times more food in another place. But to me, I feel like I have something more to offer than that. Yeah. Can you, can you explain? Cause I, I think we've all glossed over it cause, cause we know what, it is out there, but I don't think the oh, listeners yeah. do. When you talk about you have more than just six and a half acres that you farm for food, what do you have? What What is Peterson Family Farms? Yeah, and we actually grow on 65 acres. I still lease yeah. a lot of ground, yeah. but what we have at Peter, let's see, no, <laughs> I better like take a deep breath. So. <laughs> Slow it down. <laughs> Thick it down. Yeah, get, go deep. Go deep. Um, I believe that there is an essence to things. And what I feel like a farm is for me and what I think other people feel when they come to our farm is that it's a place where essence can grow, 
where it can be understood, discovered, connected to, and where we can we can draw from a a well, you know, so to speak, that um, that's that's deeper than what we know. So if we if we're willing to look past the food, and we can really um, understand. You know, people say this all the time. It's important to know where your food comes from. Have you ever heard that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I always probe. Whenever anybody says that, I always say, what do you mean? (laughs) And it almost always goes to, well, you know, like, you don't want it to come from like Monsanto, you know, like you don't want it, you don't want it, you want it, you don't want it to have been sprayed with a bunch of nasty chemicals. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to have had to come from Chile because you don't know if they wash their hands before they. Because <laughs> yeah, you can't wash the vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the main, that's all in the 99.9% of people. That's the answer. It's, it's based in like, you need to know where your food comes from so that you know if it's healthy for you. Because you need to know if it's going to nourish you the way that um, you, you expect it, it to or you think it should, um, which I don't like the word should. We have this thing. We, we have this pact in my house that we don't should on each other. <laughs> 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 the only way, the only thing worse than shouldn't on each other is shouldn't on yourself. You know? <laughs> Nobody wants to should themselves, you know, especially in public. So. <laughs> anyway, so what I... I think that's great. If you, that's one step further than just the food to say, you know, it's important that we know how we're going to nourish our bodies with this food. We want to know that it's going to actually be nourishing and not be some nasty thing that some, you know, money grubbing corporation decided <laughs> to shove down our throats, you know. I like to take it one step farther. I believe that it's important to know where your food comes from because then you start to understand where you come from. You, you understand what you're a part of and where you fit and, and you start to think differently about the every day and, and what you do and what's important. And um, I have this thing. I call it my farmer Luke thing speech. You can ask me more questions before. I'll just keep, keep going. going. No. If you yeah, never listen. interject, I will just plow through. Well, so I, I think the point I was getting at is is it's not just a farm. You have a you have a store uh, that you sell. Yeah. Local okay. Stuff so in. let's talk about the things. If you want to talk about, yeah, the no, yeah. I just think for for our listeners, listeners. They, no, we it's know, important. We've all so, been there. So that's it. That's kind of the essence of it. You know, the farm is a place where essence grows. It's not where we just discovered. It's where we grow it. And so we have, we have had to since we started along in the 2008 and deal with these constant questions about why don't you sell? You're sitting on a gold mine. We've had to decide why is it that we're doing this? What's the purpose of it? How are we ever going to make this? Uh, going thing? How are we even going to justify to the system that we deserve to be on this land that's worth that kind of money? And so that's when I realized farms are more than food. So I thought, how can I create kind of consumable, you know, things that can help us to grow um, a business that will justify being on this land? So we started to do more than just the food. So we have we built our own little market, and um, it's not just a roadside stand. It's open all year round, and it's kind of the the hub of the farm where we can share what we see. 
we can share our food. We can share. We have a thing called Simple Share. It's like our version of CSA, you know, um, community supported agriculture, where you you invest monthly, and ours runs all year round, and then you get a basket of food every week. But it's not about the food. We do food. That's what. That's a big part of it. But it's more about learning how, learning what grows, learning what's in season, coming to the farm every single week. And interacting with us, asking your questions. What's growing in the field? Oh my, you know, pet and Tigger, the thousand dollar cat. You know, that, that's it's the place where we share. You know, we bring in, we curate, especially, you know, any of the other items that we bring in that aren't um, our own produce. Things that come from small makers who never compromise in the way that they produce their food. Not just because they want it to be healthy, but because they believe that it's going to do something for the world. And it does something for them. It's a small business. It slows things down. It brings them more local. So that's those are a couple of the things. We do food truck events on Friday. It's a little bit, it's probably the most flippant thing that we do, I is feel the like. food truck thing. <laughs> yeah. Which is starting up again. Which was starting soon, right? up again in a couple of weeks, on Two the 31st. Weeks, right? um, so every Friday night from, May, from March 31st, you know, end of March until the end of October, you can just come to the farm, have some food. It's meant, you know, to be a way to just come and enjoy the farm. Um, and we've tried to really clean it up a lot. We don't let them run generators unless they're quiet because we want it to be just a place where you come, you just be. You know, you don't have to be anything. You just come and hang out. Just exist. Exist, you know. Just come in the market and meet some friends. Um yeah, so do you do you teach a lot then on the farm aside from just just being able to ask like what are you growing? You take people out into the field and yeah, and this is like the future of kind of some things we're developing now. Two things we have already in place, uh, well at least two things is we have a preschool on the farm, um, where you know that which is something my wife started where you, where children from I think three to five can come and um, learn and grow on the farm. Uh, they go out on the farm every day, and it's a legitimate preschool, so they're getting ready for kindergarten. We also do a summer camp, and that's going right now. I mean, we're selling those spots right now. So all summer long, kids from 5 to 12, they come to the farm for a, a week, and they just immerse themselves in what we call the simple beauty of life. Um, it's not overly planned, but it has a direction. And um, but we let the kids to um, discover. We also hold workshops on the farm, and we actually have um, one coming up this week. A uh, floral, floral one, right? Workshop. Mm -hmm. And your the introduction to the summer camp you have on Saturday. Is that correct? Like a little. We have a little house? open house on Saturday, so if people want to come down and just and that's one, see what it's all about, do a little one to activity. three, and they can register and mm -hmm. online. So yeah. We so, just are, this, is, this is different than Wheeler Family Farm for our listeners that don't know where. I don't know that they do any actual farming there anymore. It's <laughs> there's, just, a, there's, take a there. there's a couple rows. There's a couple rows. It's just a just a place where they do because they do like kids day camps and stuff there. Mm -hmm. But this is this is this is a real like working farm. Yeah, yeah. like you get free child labor. Well, they pay you. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I have a story about that if you have time to share it. Oh, yeah, we do. For sure. We love stories like I that. Have, I had a lady come into my market. This is, so I think, in the second year, third year. And she had this big, tall 
kid with her, you know, her son. He was like taller than me. He's like six two or something. Jeez. And she's like, "Hey, Farmer Luke." She was really loud. And there was a lot of people in the market. It was in the <laughs> summertime. And I was like on a mission. I was in, I call it get shit done, Farmer Luke. Mode, you know? <laughs> and she's like, hey, Farmer Luke. And I was like, oh, geez, you know, I need to go get on a tractor. But I was, you know, wanted, I, but I, I committed to share the farm. So I, I approached her and she, I said, hey, how's it going? And she said, you see this boy right here? And I said, yeah. And she said, he's 13 years old. And I was like, holy crap. You know, he's, a, he's a giant, you know? And, and I was like, and I said that. I was like, whoa, he's huge. I bet you're really proud of him. And she goes, actually, he's kind of worthless. He won't do anything. He just sits in the basement and plays video games all day long, you know? He doesn't know how to work. And I just think, can you, can you take him for a little while? <laughs> Can you teach him, you know, like, like how the to Peterson work? family farm and adopt foster kid program? <laughs> it's like a, it's like a pawn shop. For, I, threat, you know? I threatened to send my kids to Jeremy's house because they have little farming jobs to, to train them. Yeah. So anyway, she says that. And, and this goes, you know, back to what you said. She goes, I said, you want me to train him to be something? You know, you want me to teach him to work? I said, okay. I said, you send him down here for 30 days with $1,300 in his pocket, and I'll turn you back something better than what you sent me. And she goes, oh, yeah, right. Like, I would pay you, you know, to let my son work on your farm. And I was like, at this point, it was getting really loud in the market, and everybody was looking at us, and I was like, I'm taking advantage of this opportunity. And so I go, and she was a fun lady, you know, she was kind of interesting. And so I go, listen, lady, this is going to be, I said, that's, like three months expenses is when he's 25 and won't get out of your damn basement. You know? <laughs> I said, that will be the best $1,300 you ever spent. And she's just laughing and, you know, and she's like, yeah, right. You know? And I was like, Hey, listen, this has been fun. I got to go, you know? And so I walked, calling my name. Yeah. I walked outside <laughs> and I was beelining it for the tractor and from behind me, I hear, hey, Farmer Luke. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this lady, you know, like, she's crazy. <laughs> and I turned around, and it wasn't her. It was somebody else from the market. And she said, I just want one second of your time. And I said, okay. And she said, were you serious about that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, kind of, you know. <laughs> and she said, if you ever want to do that, I would send my son here. Wow. Yeah. That was years ago. And I've never really figured out how to do it get people to pay you to but work it's their really, kids but, but it's not you know I, I guess that sorry i'm messing with this mic you have to i feel like we have to change our minds about what's really important to us you know i mean i know that this this lady and, and a lot of us you know we spend easily thirteen hundred dollars you know maybe to bedazzle our earphones you know? <laughs> i think this is only like 20 bucks <laughs> i don't know like really like it's a matter of perspective and so what's really important to us you know is you know in one way you would think you know i would never send my son down there to do work for you and you not pay him for that 
You know, everybody thinks that they have some worth, but you are the one that just told me he was not worth He's anything. Worthless. That's a great sales pitch. Here's this dude that's huge, <laughs> but not worth a damn. Would you like to pay him? Oh, yeah. Him? Let's bring him all of his worthless friends with him. You know, that sounds like a great idea. Can they bring their Game Boys to Right. <laughs> I, sometimes there's things that are worth paying for. There's things that are worth investing in. And um, this is something that we're working really diligently on the farm right now we we want to offer people an opportunity to not consume what we're offering but to be able to receive it to invest in the in the opportunity for it to be around for for maybe a long time i have a lot of neighbors and in fact a lot of real estate um real realtors who are my customers who say that the, that my farm is their favorite part about living in the area that we live. And some people and the realtors say that it's actually one of the first things that they talk about when well, they're going to sell a home. Tell me that doesn't have some value, but guess what? As farmers, we're good at giving that shit away. You know? <laughs> we, in, in economics, you know, when I was in school, they call it positive externalities. It's things that, build community that that offer something to the world but that you it's difficult to monetize you know you don't there's also negative ones like you know the refineries <laughs> they pump off a lot of negative things that they don't pay for but causes you know problems in the world but so yeah that's what that's what to me the future of farms are in Salt Lake County. We gotta have some. I I don't want to preserve every much, you know right. there's not much room left in well, Salt Lake County. And you can't get them farms, back right? once they're gone. It's not That's like right. it's not like it's you like can knock down, ground. you know, six acres of buildings to make a farm. And dig up nobody's, all their foundation nobody's and then replace it with ever going topsoil. to do that. Concrete so, is the last crop that ever gets planted. Yeah. It? Like That's once it's gone, thought, it's yeah. gone. It, it, it's something that's that's irreplaceable. So and we should we be willing? really careful before we replace it. How much is it worth to you? You know, would you would you would you patronize something? You know, would you be a patron of something like that? I feel like agriculture is so much like the arts, you know, and and a museum or you know any of these kind of things that without them we have. No real reason to live, you know, I mean, right. um, but they're not, they cannot pay for themselves because of the amount of effort that it takes for someone, you know, creative effort and time for someone to really um, create something that's special, you know, like, like art or, or a play or those kind of things. It's the value of it is, is really, really, really high. And in the olden days, the only people that could afford that were, was, um, you know, it's rich people. people. Yeah. And so they would be patrons to some of these artists. They would commission them because they couldn't imagine their lives without something special like that. And thank goodness for that because otherwise we wouldn't have really any of these things that are really special. How do we do that, you know, today with something like a farm, which used to be just taken for granted. Ah, shit, there's farms everywhere, you know? My grandpa was a farmer. I can go down the street. Have you seen a shift over the... It feels like there has been some kind of shift in that want and need for a farm. The farmer's market. You know, buying the local, supporting the local. It seems 
Like, when did you start to see that shift at your farm? Uh, I mean, it was there when we started. I think it's kind of, it's kind of been, um, I think uh, it's been going, you know, in the world for a long time. In Utah, I think that it, it really kind of picked up speed kind of in the 2000s, you know. I think it's kind of like a millennial thing, you know, like it's it was it was unique enough, you know, and people were far enough away from, you know, farms that it started to be a thing. Here's been around, you know, other parts of the country and the world for a super long time, mostly in places that get really overbuilt, you know, because it's a novelty. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, I am farm. sick and tired of being within four walls you know i'm comfort i'm i'm living convenience and ease up to my eyeballs you know <laughs> like give me something hard to do let me get my feet dirty you know like let me just people i i think i call it the <laughs> i say you know it, nowadays people are not hungry in the physical sense there are people you know let's not be you know let's not be you know like that there's a, there are people in the world that are hungry but around here you know like if, if you really need food you can get it you know it's everywhere um and this is what i tell my staff people don't drive down my little dirt high you know lane to my little market because they're hungry in a physical sense you know like they're not coming looking for food but they are certainly and maybe in a lot of other ways hungry like memories yeah well, dissatisfied, you know, uh, they're, they're unfulfilled, which that's just a hunger, you know, like they're, they're hungering after something. They don't even know, you know, a lot of times what it is, but they just are curious. They Should want adult something. be a farmer for a day classes. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of satisfying to go there because even though you don't, you know, you farm it, but even though we aren't physically farming it and working the land and growing it, um, to go and know that it came from 30 feet away and, and pick out that, you know, onion or apple or, or squash or whatever it may be from wherever you are is kind of satisfying to someone like me who is landlocked and I work in an office and I don't go out and grow things because I kill every plant that I touch. <laughs> like, literally, like I kill air plants and rubber plants and bamboo. And so it's kind of, it's kind of, fun. It, it feels good to go out and know that the person that I just handed the money to had something to, like they may have actually physically pulled this thing from the ground. Um, it, it puts me that step closer as opposed to at the grocery store, you know, when they're neat little rubber banded mm -hmm. bundles with the plastic oh. or whatever. Like it's just, <laughs> it's like sprouts with that oh. local produce that comes but it from just, it doesn't, Chile. Yeah. It doesn't feel the same. It feels so cool to say, you know, this came from somewhere in Utah because. So name it then. So you name it. What is yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, is it like is I'm Utah getting that your great? essence thing, but I, but that's yeah. what I'm getting that essence thing. Mm. Like it feels good when I come home with a bag full of stuff from Utah. This podcast is because we love Utah. We love it here. And not having your farm would lessen Utah. Not having some of these other farms around and people who feel passionately enough to suffer the hardships and go through that thing of that creativity they have to to keep their farm going lessens our state. Mm. It lessens our surroundings because it's cool to say 20 minutes from here, 
on a good traffic day. <laughs> I can literally go to a farm. There's, there's not less, a lot of people that can say that. There's less life, you know. We, I have, I have a, I have a really great partner, a marketing partner that I that I use for my farm. That's I've just been invaluable in being able to tell my story. And what they they call the product that they produce, lifestyle branding. Have you heard about this? It's like the new thing, lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always like, when I first met this person, I was like, what, what is, what does that mean? You know. And um, it couldn't be explained, you know, like it could not not like in a definition, but I came up with one for myself. And it goes along with what you just said. To me, farming is about the lifestyle. And you hear a lot of people say that. But what is the lifestyle? I broke up the, uh, the other words. I, I was, you know, blowing my mind on it the other day, trying to figure it out. And I looked up the two words, life and style. And I realized what it what it means to me and maybe what the feeling is that you feel and why we don't just want concrete. Lifestyle is the expression of continual growth and change. That's it. And that's what we love. If you plant concrete and rooftops, they're never going to change. They will not grow. There is no more growth. There is no more change. People will come and go from that place. You know, life will come to it, but life will never originate from it. And there's something about the way this earth was was created. I believe that it was created to teach us about where we come from. I believe every part of it is trying to help us understand our own essence, which I believe is something magical. Just like the seed, you know, you can press essential, we were talking about this on the farm. You can press essential oils from a seed, right? Essential oils are the big thing. Yeah, they're huge right now. Let's, let's, you know. <laughs> Lavender oil. Oh my gosh, you know, it'll change your life. It, 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 it does help. You know, it does help you feel better somehow. <laughs> but, you know, you can, you can press essential oils from, the, from a seed, but you cannot extract its essence Oil is not the essence of a seed. The essence of a seed is life and it's magic. You know, I, I ask people, where did the first seed, you know, I, I do this thing with my pumpkin and I pull a seed out and I say, where do the seeds come from? People say the store, you know, they, whatever. <laughs> and I say, or, and they say a plant, but where, where did that seed come from? Or where did that plant come from? A seed. Well, where did that first seed come from? Where did it come from? You know? It's essence, you know, it's a gift. I believe it's a gift. It's something that was discovered, something that was nurtured, something that was in, you know, encapsulated in something that has no brand. This, a seed doesn't have a brand. You don't know what it is until it grows. And it's the same with people. You don't actually know how great what you have unless you get deep enough in there, unless you understand what you're a part of, you know, unless you understand where you come from. That's what the farm does for me. And it fills me up because I learn like what I can do. You know, sometimes I can do pretty awesome stuff. And I've seen people do amazing things on the farm. That's what I loved about growing up on the farm. My dad, he could do anything. Well, and he probably, I mean, probably growing up with your dad, like I would just assume he fixed anything within like, like MacGyver didn't hold it. <laughs> like, cause I, I've, I've been around farms when I was really little down in Texas and I, and I can tell you firsthand 
Farmers like MacGyver was shit compared to what they could do. Yeah, right. <laughs> we watched MacGyver way. when I was little, and we would get ideas for the farm. You know, <laughs> oh, the vacuum seal and the car's not working right. Well, there's a piece of two by four. Let me just shove it in this hose. <laughs> It'll still run. No, I, and that's it. It's a canvas, you know. I mean, it it is what it is, and it does have like it. It doesn't need us, but. Something's real amazing when when we insert ourselves in it. I always tell people, I think it's a great thing when people go on the mountain, you know, and they go skiing or they go hiking or they go fishing. I mean, I spent a lot of time in my childhood doing that. I still love to do it. And there's something about being out in nature and, you know, something, something some feeling, it's you know, fulfilling. it's some kind of a connection. Why is it fulfilling? That's what I'm always curious about. What what is it? What? Why can't we feel that when we're when we're at home in our bed? You know, why does it feel different? And um, does it but like then a there's another maybe like a. But then there, yeah, and and as an observer, you can observe it. But when you when you like engage with it, and you know, you know, you all, if you grow in anything, you, yeah. some, there's something growing upstairs on the kitchen counter. I saw <laughs> Chris, weather. Chris is growing I learned, I learned a lesson last year, and with how crazy the weather's been, I'm like, eh, I'm going to do my own starts in the house. So Chris was inspired half, half by Jeremy. And, <laughs> right. and he's got a little plot back there that I'm, I told him, I'm like, fine, you grow up, you've got to weed it and everything, because I'm, I'm not I'm doing into, it. I'm into this minimalized gardening thing. Like, I wanted to grow something but i don't want to actually have to work real hard (laughs) (laughs) and and so i left this plot of of land to him that used to have what what we called the tree bush someone had let a tree turn into a bush that i'd really liked but then it it we had to take it out so i'm like okay here's your plot of land and so he 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 gardened it and and he grew me cucumbers that i ate my lunch and loved and stuff so this year he's trying a bunch of different things but he learned that with this weird weather, he doesn't want them all to die again. So because they're I growing lost quite a few. And that's it. Something happens when we engage with it. Like you can observe it, but when you put your neck out a little bit and you say, I'm going to grow my own cucumber, I'm going to take out the damn tree bush so <laughs> and I'm going to grow something, then, then you learn. And then you think, oh my gosh, you know, like, it didn't work. Why didn't it didn't work? See, I, this I'm time I'm going to... I don't do starts because they had always die when I transfer them so now I just plant in my soil so and everybody does it different right it's totally awesome I think that's a what's important is that you do it of of self-reliance that comes with it yeah being able to garden is is a sense of self-reliance Nothing against computer programmers. They're awesome people. But when the zombie apocalypse, apocalypse comes, the farmers and the people who are self-reliant have a much better chance of living than the people who write computer yeah. programs. The guy that can build his <laughs> own wind some, turbine. But there's a sense of pride that comes with it, too. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what it you is have too. 65 acres. You have a couple. I have, like, 10 feet, you know, like... <laughs> But there's still a sense of pride in each but thing it's still that we're yours, doing. Yeah, right? it's yeah. yours, and you, you you didn't create life because you don't create it. Mm-hmm. But you actually did something that helped something grow and come to life. Well, and that bread that you made is that much more tasty, or that you know whatever meal that you made with with your whatever, mm-hmm. just is that much more homemade. Like it's not just oh yeah, I made it all from scratch from the stuff that I got from it's the grocery personal. store. Like I literally grew this. It's from the local, yeah. you know. It's local, and but that's that's pretty. You know, if we say we like 
local. Let's do, you know, let's do the local thing. Well, and there's something to Sorry. say, I think about, you know, you talk about generations in your family and, and the learning of like, we always say in my family, Oh, like we're so grateful that we had the grandfather we do because, you know, he taught us how to sow seeds. He taught us how to, you know, rig a irrigation system <laughs> or, you know, like, and that's the same thing that your family has done for you. And hopefully you'll do for your family. Again, it's that pride of, oh, this has been passed along and, and I'm learning and, and oh, I remember these things. So, Memory is such an amazing thing, you know. I One of my favorite lines from any movie is in Inter Interstellar. You like that movie? Yeah, it's great. And um, he says that he realized that when you become a parent, you exist to become, to be a memory to your children. Mm -hmm. And I think about that all the time. It's It's the way that I feel about the farm too. is that the ultimate farm movie for you because that's like a farmer oh, so that's odd. like a farmer <laughs> doing farming and beyond right there that movie <laughs> well and, it, and, it's, and it's what's a great farmer about and more it, yeah. it is a farmer <laughs> and more, more. Way way more. more. <laughs> it blows your mind and what that's it you know like we don't all we don't understand all the things that are going on around us and if we never get close enough to them this is a problem the one more thing I want to talk about. This is going to take a couple minutes. Is it okay? That's fine. <laughs> You're That's good. Fine. Um, Chipotle. You know Chipotle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they used. They had this in the very early days of their real, you know, shame marketing. I call it shame marketing. <laughs> they had this little video. They probably, you know, this little anim animated uh, video. You can still find it on YouTube. Where they were showing, in the beginning, they show um, how animals used to live. You know, where there was a farmer and he had a pig and he had a horse and he had a cow and he had some chickens and kids were running in the yard and they all used to be outside. And this is what it says in the movie. They used to all be outside. You know, they used to see the sun. They used to, you know, be outside. And now some evil machine decided, figured out how to make an animal machine. <laughs> and in this animated thing, they they like... They have this factory where um, animals go in and then they like come out in like a square box, you know, <laughs> and they never see the sun and their eyes are like all droopy in bags, you know, because they live indoors and in crates, you know, all these pigs, you know, and um, it's really dramatic, you know, um, and uh, I think about this a lot. I keep, you know, someday... Maybe it's one listener today who has animation, you know, technique is going to call me and say, I will make that movie for you. But I want to make a, a kind of a parody on that, you know, um, of what's happened to us. And it's people. Yeah. yeah. Who That's never right. go outside. That's right. Who live in boxes. That's never see we the know day some day. animators. We well, should contact you. <laughs> people <laughs> used to go out and see the sun. Well, what's they used to play with the animals. They also used to get their ass kicked by woolly mammoths, you know? <laughs> And what? so they decided let's let's go <laughs> in let's shelter. build a shelter for ourselves, you know. Well, and what's what's crazy about like I mean you say that and we we're, we kind of joke about it, but it's true. Like people have vitamin D deficiencies nowadays. Did the you see that source? post that Jay Whitaker said that somebody knocked out the power or something in his neighborhood and he said it was like you could see all the day workers from their offices come out and blinking in the light. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Well, look at what we do. You wake up in your air-conditioned house. You go to your practically air-conditioned garage. 
You get in your air-conditioned car. You park as close as you possibly can to whatever edifice you know, you're know you driving to. You run inside to the air conditioning. These are all things that were built Is by... Is your tractor air-conditioned, by the way? I have... Mm, yes, I, I have one. I don't like air conditioning. Say, the newer tractors are I like... I do have one that I is. I only care about heat. I don't care about air conditioning. <laughs> and it's nice to be out of the dust, though. It, it, yeah. I'm not saying air conditioning is bad. I'm not saying being indoors is bad. I And I don't think it's bad for an animal. The animals actually really love it. Because yeah, no, no freaking fox is trying to eat them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're air conditioned. You know, they're not freezing to death. They're, they're not, not burning, burning all their calories trying to just survive, you know? So it's not like... They're not suffering in that. They don't know they're suffering. They don't know they're suffering, but they kind of are. Like, they are happier if they can walk outside. Well, so are people. But we don't ever leave. <laughs> you know, we're suffering. And no, and we can go out. Nobody's not letting us go out. But we I, choose not it. to leave. I we choose his, to be in this system. I watch his chickens. They don't give a shit that they only have, like, <laughs> 10 feet to walk around. It's <laughs> true. They, they all stay in the same fucking space anyway. <laughs> all they care about is when food gets thrown in there or a mouse runs by or, that they can or, be the first to get it. Or if Josh goes in there, they're not very happy People about would Josh. say that, and we should we should be... I, I have to be sensitive about this because I really do love my animals to be outdoors, but I've lost a lot of them. Yeah. I've lost a lot of chickens and turkeys and, you know, goats that got out and then fell in a hole and died. You know, I've, I've had a lot of really sad experiences when I went outside. Some of my stupid chickens have got out in the wintertime and freeze to death. Yeah. Well, and it happens, it can happen to you. And I think that yeah. sometimes is the fear. I'm going to stay inside. I'm going to stay in the system. Uh, this chicken. Okay. I'm, I go from like one thing to the next. This is my next one. Uh, this chicken who escaped from the pen. This was back in my early days of farm when I was like, chickens stay in the damn pen, you know? If they don't, I clip their wings, I throw them back in there. So one of them escaped with me not knowing. And one day I walked past my baler in the barn oh, no. and up inside in the most strategic, you know, like defensible <laughs> position I've ever seen a chicken in. She had built herself a family back in there. <laughs> she had her eggs and um, she, she hatched them. She hatched them out back up inside of my baler. And I was like, this is, this is the thing. You, know? <laughs> you can stay in the coop and you can lay chickens for the man. For your entire life. He will feed you. He will give you benefits. You know, he will give you, a com you know, all the comforts and ease that you want. But every single thing you produce, he's going to take it. All of it, you know. <laughs> and the thanks you get is to, you know, uh, the comforts that you enjoy. This chicken broke loose. And the man. It had to find, <laughs> it had to find its own food. It had to... Get a create a defensible position for itself. It would get off those eggs every day, go find enough food that it could survive, and it would get back because it was going to make something for itself, <laughs> you know? And that was a mean chicken. And enough that you didn't even That's see during funny. any of that process. I had to get a stick to lift it up <laughs> because I tried to put my hand in there and it annihilated me, you know? <laughs> and this is kind of you're the like, thing. You're like, chicken, you're going to get fucked up in the baler. <laughs> like, that is going to kill you and all of your babies. Get out and of when there. They, and when she did come out, I did save her because um, the cats picked off a couple of her chicks. Oh. This is the thing. So you it's can, farm. if you go outside and you engage with, the process of life, you're going to lose some things. 
you know, you're going to kill maybe everything you try at first. You know? <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> your wiener dog eats your chicken. Sometimes. Get loose yeah. in your yard. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we moved away, we moved away from the, from the farm for a little while and, uh, we left our dog there and my sister moved in and they had a dog. My dog, um, f- they fought, you know, in the backyard and their dog lost nine. <laughs> oh, that's well, real, and, and although I life. felt bad about it, I was just like, you know what? My you want to say that with a straight face, but, yeah, but your you dog's can't. a farm dog. Your dog is trained to keep other animals away. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the dog's job. And and these things happen. And it's not sometimes you just don't like someone else. <laughs> <laughs> you can lose an eye. Lose an so eye. how do we balance it? That's what I talk about. You know, like how do you have some some convenience in your life? And when is it time to walk outside where? you know, the world could hurt you and to open your, you know, open up your arms and just let that fear just run through you for a minute, you know, do something, be, you know, spend, you know, go, don't take a big risk, you know, spend 1300 bucks, you know, on your kid, (laughs) (laughs) you know, to do something that, or take a big risk and take a chunk of your yard and turn it into a garden and see if it grows. Right. Or take a small risk. I don't care. You know, just break out of the machine. That's what I, that's what we want people to do. We want to, we want people to think, what if it could, what if this thing could slow down for a second? You know, what if, um, we don't just take everything that we're fed? What if we, you know, fly out of the coop and make something for ourselves and figure out what we're really made of, you know? what we can really do, you know, and to lay, because that's, you know, these chickens, they're laying their essence, you know, we we teach our kids from little, you know, my little four-year-old is walking out, daddy, what's that rooster doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I say, oh, he's just planting seeds. And then we go out the next time and, and she says, dad, but um, looks like he's hurting her. (laughs) 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 And I said, well, you know, he has to, you know, he, he, there's a way that these seeds get planted, and it's not always the, you know, that's just pretty. the way. It's not always pretty, but <laughs> it happens. And she's like, "Oh, okay." And then next time we went out, there was there was other questions. Well, Dad, um, uh, why 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 would he plant a seed? Well, you know how chickens lay an egg. You, you know what those become. And my kids know. A lot of kids yeah. don't. They just think it's an egg. Yeah, you know? they become scrambled eggs. <laughs> no, they become scrambled eggs. <laughs> she said, "Well." chicks can come out of them. I said, that's the only way they can. If that, if that rooster doesn't plant a seed, that egg will never grow into, into a chicken. It could be food for us, but its essence will never grow. So, you know, I, we have to be close enough to it. We, 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 when our kids ask those kind of questions, we just have to tell them straight up. Yeah. Just be honest. Chicken. Find the seed, you know, and then when they ask, oh, and then later in life they think, oh, they're like, oh, that's. I ask the kids at the school. I'm like, (laughs) the kids, school kids, come and I have my seed, and I always say, I cut a pumpkin open, and I say, what do you see inside this pumpkin? And they say seeds, and I say, what else? Slimy guts. Do you have seeds and slimy guts inside of you? (laughs) And they say, well, slimy guts, and I was like, and you have seeds too. You'll learn more about that when you get older. My mom just always said, you just teach kids as much as they can understand. So yeah. like you teach your daughter, it's 
it's as simple as a seed. And as she grows older and she figures out the rest of it, it still comes back to it is as simple as a seed. It is as simple and as magical. As and and so even though she'll learn eventually, you know, that it's it's a little more complicated than that. And the different creatures are, you know, as you move on up the food chain are, are more complicated than that. It still does come back to just that that original answer. And you give you give somebody as much as they're as they can understand and learn and they'll remember that and they'll build on it and that's that's what you're doing you're just giving her a base to build on Mm -hmm. if you just say you know oh nothing they're just playing she'll never make that connection in her head and eventually she will and just probably like the rest probably in the wrong way maybe (laughs) no but maybe yeah maybe in the wrong way because then it's a mystery instead of just gosh this is what happens you know the rooster plants his seed, you know, mm. that, and, and you're, you're not so dissimilar. And, yeah. and that's what I, you know, that's when you feel apart. That's when you feel like it's okay. That's when you feel validated. That's when the shame goes away. That's when you're just like, gosh, I'm sorry. My dog effed up your dog. You know? <laughs> it just happened. I'm sorry. I really am sorry, but you, you can't protect yourself into fulfillment and happiness in this life. You can't convenience yourself into fulfillment. You can't, create enough ease that one day you're going to be okay. They're talking about kitchen gadgets. Um, I was reading this article about convenience, and they said that this was in 1970-something. And they were saying that women at that time were spending, even though they had all these new kitchen gadgets, you know, back in the, even in those days, still spending more time in the kitchen than their grandmothers were, even though they had all these things. Because there was always another thing. Then you got to have a bigger kitchen. Because now you got to fit all your things in there, you know? And I don't know. Like, what if we just don't need anything else? Yeah. What if all <laughs> we need is less? I don't know. I, I want to ask this, uh, and then we'll, we'll probably wrap up. And, and because we've talked about it quite a bit on this show, um, for the last two years, there's been a real big problem with Algae in oh, Utah Lake. Oh, green yeah. algae. And, and, and I know that it has... <laughs> Blue-green algae. It has an impact. The algae, the crazy algae problems in, in Utah Lake have a big impact on a lot of local water sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I know Jeremy, for so example... I'm, on the, I'm sure I'm on the same secondary water as you. Mm-hmm. And two years ago when they shut our water down, that made mm-hmm. me so mad. Ooh. I let my yard die to save my garden because I had to water it with the household. Because mm-hmm. I've got everything set up with my secondary water. Yeah. And I've got, I mean... My farm is not anywhere as big as yours, but it's sizable. He goes like, he but goes like corn it. and stuff. It feels the same size as mine, yeah. I'm sure, corn in your loves, heart. Corn loves When I did shit. all of the shovel. <laughs> it does. Shovel and a wheelbarrow. I don't have a tractor. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about? Well, I'm just, I'm just curious. How, how has that impacted you and, and what? When that news story <laughs> breaks again and you're like... Hmm. How much time do we have? For <laughs> <laughs> It's big because it's important. It's pertinent, yeah. and it happened again last year, and there's a good chance it's going to happen again so, this year. So first we have to understand what it is. It's not actually algae. It's actually a bacteria yeah. that looks like algae, and it's called cyanobacteria. And it they you know I had to do a lot of research on this because when that when that happened, I had to know. You had is to it know, safe is for it, my customers? Is, is, right. What's am I watering my to me? food with? Poison. Poison. Well, right. Because well, right. Chris was sure that all my chickens were going to die. And, and your hair was, was really My hair was going to fall out. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> I was doing follicle counts. <laughs> Interesting, right? Um, cyanobacteria is one of the oldest. In fact, it may be, you know, well, it's not the oldest, but it may, it may be one of the most important ancient um, organisms 
that exist um, because it's a bacteria, but it can do photosynthesis. This is super interesting. They actually, a lot of um, um, experts believe that plants, all plants, actually evolved from that bacteria, hmm. that the photosynthetic process in that bacteria is actually what transferred into plants, what um, made it possible. Primordial ooze or whatever mm. they call it. Right. Because it's been around for a long, super time, this um, <clears throat> cyanobacteria. It's, it's interesting. <clears throat> and what it does, it exists. Um, well, back in, uh, not only did it originate plants, but it also, they believe, is what oxygenated, oxygenated the atmosphere. So all of life likely originated at least, you know, not originated, but it's kind of like this pivotal point. Um, it created plants. It, it created oxygen in the atmosphere. Um, pretty awesome. You know, like we owe it a debt of gratitude. We wouldn't even be here. <laughs> yeah. But yet, you know, it's this problem. It's just like my dog. I love my dog. She <laughs> effed up somebody else's dog. That was super not nice. You know, <laughs> Another dog has one eye because of her. And so when I think about that, it exists now mainly um, to solve problems in the in the in the ecosystem just like weeds and bugs and all these things they they actually they're they're a problem but they actually also solve problems at the same time and they exist in the lake they have existed in the lake utah lake is what they call a eutrophic lake that means that it um it's shallow and it's murky and it's warm and it um it can't it doesn't have enough oxygen in it because of the way that it is. And it's always been like that, you know. As long as anyone can remember, Utah Lake has had uh, these algae blooms. It's completely natural. Now, are they worse than they've ever been? Um, I don't know if they're worse than they've ever been, but that one year, it <laughs> got worse than anyone Remembers. had ever measured it being. Yeah. Um, but my, you know, my grandpa, my grandpa, my great-grandpa, they always talked about you know, the way the lake would get in the, you know, in the summertime. And we've never had problems from it other than that it makes the water super nasty and it stinks. But, um, so when that thing happened, um, a lot of people, I, and I think this is what happens when you don't understand the full context, it's really easy to like get emotional and try to make these decisions like shut the yeah. damn water well, it's, it's off. One, it's one news story. You could be dead by six o'clock tonight. Yeah. Stay tuned. Well, guess what? The only way you're going to die, this is, this is the truth. <laughs> you know, I did a lot of research on this. The only way you're going to die from cyanobacteria is if you drink that shit. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Well, like, that's, that's, how, that's, the the only that's way, how the dogs have That's died how the dogs there. died. That's how the cows died. But... It smells so bad. Yeah, like <laughs> and it looks so nasty that as as a higher thinking entity, <laughs> you would never do that to yourself, Got you know? A cup like, of that. You would never have a cup of that. I mean, but they actually have it in health um it exists as a supplement. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah. And you pay and, lots and, of money and, for it. And this is the <laughs> this is the issue. Everything in the world is can be poisonous, you know, mm -hmm. living inside long enough can be poisonous to your brain and your spirit, you know, um, <clears throat> cyanobacteria can be poisonous. If you drink, if you eat two tablespoons of salt, you will die. 
You know, if you drink, uh, I don't know how much it is, like a two gallon, uh, there's a certain amount of water, you, you will die. Yeah, you drown your right. brain drowns. It's all yeah. amount, it's all a, 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 it's all a matter of concentrations, right? That's what pods, it's all about. Die. That's right. You Tide can. Pods. You <laughs> die pods. You deserve it only die. takes one of them. Just so the whole time. So pod. that's kind of the background with this thing. <laughs> it pissed me off because a lot of people used it as an agenda item. Mm. They they used it as a way to manipulate the system, you know. Um, <clears throat> I also believe that um, there are some problems with the lake, you know, uh, that that it would be interesting if we could solve. But the lake is a really giant buffer, and you go trying to play on that scale with with the Earth, and it gets difficult you know yeah you see the plan that they're trying to do with the lake now right have you guys Build talked the about island, that yet? the island thing yeah yeah i don't know if that will fix it it'll make it deeper you know they might clean up some of the silt on the bottom they may actually cause more problems when they go start effing with the lake like that's that. the thing is it's a it may become worse you know what, what and who you knows what's gonna happen just, just throw a couple new species of fish in there and see what <laughs> but guess what's the worst thing that would really happen to you and this is i actually called the center for disease control or whatever, you know, the line that you call. Yeah. And I asked them, how many people have called in uh, with this, with symptoms <laughs> of, of this problem? And they said, we've had about, um, I can't remember what it was, four, four to 500 calls. And I said, how many of those people who called in um, sought medical help? Zero. And they said, I don't, um, I think three. <laughs> <laughs> how many of those people that sought medical help got tested for the toxin that actually causes the problem. Well, none because we don't have a way, we don't have labs in, in our, you know, facility, you know, in our health facilities to test for that thing. And I was like, exactly. It's a non-issue. <laughs> if it was a big deal, they would have a way to test for that stuff, yeah, you know? Exactly. But just that next week after we did that, this was the last thing I want to say about it. <laughs> It was, people were scared of it. And this is part of why I want people to think for themselves, to go outside, to get effed up by some dog if they've got to, you know, <laughs> so that they can get some experience so that they, so that we don't have to be that chicken in the coop where the man feeds us everything, even the information that we have, you know? And so we went to this, my kids, you know, you guys have kids, right? All of you? Do you don't have kids? Well, he will. <laughs> if you figure out what the rooster knew, maybe. <laughs> so, if there's this, my, kids love swimming like more than anything, oh, yeah. right? And the only reason why I go to a hotel is because they want to swim. There's a hotel just down here, off of. Uh, it's down here, I guess, off of. Uh, you know that one by the Maverick Center. Oh, yeah, out the, of Decker the, Lake. They build oh, yeah. that, slide. you know, slide. They Every time we drive past that, they've just been desperate to go and swim in this place, you know. And so we decided we were going to do a staycation. We're farmers, you know, we can't get away. Just, uh, I think, a week after well, that especially, happened. Especially in the, in the summer. Right, in the middle of the summer. We go to this place. Okay, kids, we're going to go. We're going to see what that thing's all about. That hotel had the highest concentration of bleach or whatever the freak it is what is chlorine. it chlorine in the water of any any place i have ever been and it was all indoors and um 
all that my kids, me, we were all coughing. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got out of there, my skin was, was all, all irritated gross, and red yeah. and, and all messed up. And your swimming suit up. was gone. And my swimming suit was like <laughs> white, <laughs> falling off, tattered at the bottom when I got out. It was like acid, you know. <laughs> and it was really uncomfortable. I went home. I was, and I just had this epiphany. I was like, I wonder what the. I wonder what happens if you were to swim in water that was full of cyanobacteria, you know? And I went and read about it. People have done this. Exact same symptoms. <laughs> when you aspirate it, it it um it can cause problems, you know, with, with your lungs. When it gets on your skin, it's an it irritates you really bad. That's about the worst thing that could happen to you. Wow. If you got sprayed with it. You know, I mean if you aspirated a lot of it. Like you if you're know, in there drinking a cup at the Yeah, but if you're in there drinking that mist, chlorine pee water from the pool, it's <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> F you up too. Chlorine will kill you. Yeah. Well, and I'm not doing, kidding. They're like, doing the chlorine because the kids shit in the pool and there's all the, the <laughs> Giardia and the Crypto. They don't want blue green algae to grow in that <laughs> pool, <laughs> so they put they chlorine the crap. I will out say of it. my my favorite pools now, the the filtration systems that they use, they just use salt. Yeah. Yeah. They just just use sodium chloride and it just 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 salt water mm-hmm. and it kills the the harmful bacteria yeah. and just naturally forms Something salt. Like open on you walk in the front door of a hotel and you can smell, smell the pool <laughs> and this one was the worst and i just thought you know it's just all a matter of perspective these people were totally fine with these adver- nobody <laughs> called the center for disease you know shut them down <laughs> nobody calls poison control on the chlorine, to, on the chlorine in that pool nobody even noticed that they were coughing everyone in the whole place was it's coughing because like, <laughs> it was so bad and everybody like you watch them like sitting out of the pool and their skin is like all because you know, you know the, the, the pool boy got fired and on his way out it's like i'll show you he dumps like the whole 50 gallon bucket in there <laughs> So I guess that to me, you know, I think <laughs> this imagery is just getting real. I mean, this is getting very real here. I know. So for me, the algae bloom thing, I think, I think that it, it behooves us to under to understand why, why, why did this happen to that degree? You know, was it just environmental impacts? Was it global warming? You know, that was probably part of it. Was it the farmers who are dumping, you know, their nitrogen and phosphorus in the lake? You know how many farmers around that lake nowadays? No. I don't know, a couple there's, hundred, you know, the whole more west than that. Side. Not, there's there's a sum, you know, but there's the, acreage to acre to acre. To dump that there level. is a hundred times more grass. Yeah. Who and when we're when we're farming, we spread that on our land, you know, and we spread fertilizer on our land. When you're a homeowner, you spread you spread a third of your fertilizer on your sidewalk and your <laughs> and, and your curb and your driveway yeah. on the concrete. You know, we don't have concrete on the farm. We don't like that shit. Yeah. So but when you're a homeowner and you're spreading fertilizer, it's going all over the place. And that and the unimpermeable surfaces. And as soon as it rains, that stuff goes into the curb and into Your the storm drain system. system and out to the lake. Yep. And there are acres and acres and acres of not just lawn, but of fertilized concrete <laughs> along in Utah County that's running down spots. into that lake. Not to, men- <laughs> not to mention, you know, all of the you know, other discharges that are in there that are not agricultural. I'm not saying that ag- agriculture isn't, you know, probably on some scale a contributor to the nutrients that are in that lake that would cause it to become even more eutrophic than it already is. But 
Um, the, what was awesome is when that story hit um, locally, there was I looked um, on KSL or wherever at the comments, and there was very, very few people who were like, it's the farmers that did this, you know? <laughs> it was mostly like, there's a sewer treatment plant. I know it. I, I go plast there, you know? Is it is it this? Is it that? It also made the Associated Press, and it went national. Yeah. I looked at the comments on the national page. I bet 95% of them um, were blaming the farmers for that. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. It's just a, it, it's just a matter of like perspective yeah, and scale. Yeah, it's probably because nationally they, have, they think we're all farmers out here. What's that nasty old it. plant out there? Geneva that was dumping junk? No, there really is a sewer plant out there too, though. And a big sewer plant yeah. that discharges into it. And I'm not saying that it's their problem either. It's all of our problem. Um, and I think that it behooves us to figure out what is going on. But. It also behooves us to base our reactions to things. <laughs> you know how much it costs me personally that algae bloom. I can't imagine. I Time? figure it costs me between twenty and thirty thousand dollars to my business. Oh, because that happened. Because they shut your water. Because down of the water shut down, or because of the people fear. being afraid. Because people didn't shop. Because my crops got damaged. Um, you know, because of the time that it took us to do. Things on the farm, you know, irrigation practices that were not um, our norm, you know, that, that cost us a lot of money to figure out um, that actually didn't need to be done because there was actually never any toxins in the water. Yeah. Um, and all of the time that passed and then going to the mayor and having to flex my muscles, you know, and mm -hmm. like that wasn't free, you know, like I had to go and be mean, you know, not be mean, but be very pointed in <clears throat> You know, that was tough for us. And that's just me. That was just one farmer. How much did it cost, you know, the homeowners who had to put, you know, culinary water on their grass for the two weeks or yeah, whatever? The grass that died was and I wish I had secondary How water. much did it cost the me, you know, in the media and all of the, you know, um, the, the Department of Agriculture, the Department of Environmental Quality? How many hours, you know, did it cost when we were so, you know, extreme and, and, um, you know, it, you know what's the word about f fanatical yeah. about this thing? How about just slow that down? You know, <laughs> like it's not the zombie apocalypse. You know? <laughs> it's just the zombie bacteria. So mm -hmm. it's just another thing that I, that's a big long answer. And I, I feel well, like I that very question deserves that. a big long I, answer. I agree. It's it does. Very was, complicated. We were trying to get you on the show back then because we wanted to talk about it. I know. <laughs> but you're, I know. Yeah, I you got, Jennifer's you so stuff to do in the summer. She's a great farmer. She <laughs> never <laughs> gives up. Jessica, that's <laughs> close. Jessica, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you're good. What did I even say? I thought I said Jennifer. 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 I get called Jennifer all the time. All right. So Jennifer has one last question. <laughs> uh, no, we, we asked this question of everyone that's on the show. Um, what is the, if someone was coming to visit Utah for the first time and you could tell them that they had to do one thing before they left, uh, th this area, what would it be? It doesn't have to be Salt Lake, anything in Utah. Utah. He's, he's got his thoughtful face on. Yeah, he's got oh the thing, thing in cap time. One on. thing that I would do. Yeah. One what thing. time of year? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Any. You pick. Mm. If it's watched the rooster, I like, I like that he's thinking like everybody just like jumps in normally. I like that there's some thought going into this. I think he's got so many things that he's trying to decide. It's true. I want to say come to my farm. You can. <laughs> you totally can. You totally could. If I. Oh, man. You know what? There's so many things I love about Utah. That's why we made a podcast about it. 
um, have you ever interviewed somebody that um, that sails on the lake? Oh, no. On the Salt Lake? You know what's one of the things that I've loved? Uh, and I'm from Utah, so maybe it was just because I, I was so blown away that I didn't, I'd never had this experience before. But Hillary and I went on a, um, on a dinner cruise. Oh, I've heard about those. On Utah Lake. Oh, on Utah Lake? No, on, oh, great, on the, the Great Salt Lake. Salt Lake. Yeah. And I don't know, there was just something about <laughs> it. You know, I mean, um, we learned so much about the lake, things we didn't know. The way that the waves move because there's so much salt in the water is different than when you're on um, any other kind of lake. You know, the the sunset was just like unbelievable, you know. And when you get out on the lake, like when you're on the edges of the lake, it can kind of smell, you know, yeah, a little bit. Horrible. It doesn't smell when you get in in on the lake. We felt like we were on a luxury cruise. Mm -hmm. you know, Babe, we need to go on this cruise. In the middle of the Great Salt Lake. It was, if you hit it was, an iceberg, you won't drown because you just float. <laughs> <laughs> there's no ice in it. I was just going to say, there's no ice because the salt melts it. So, I don't know. Like, that's one kind of experience that, that came to mind that I think would, you know, maybe connect people. To, I would just say, don't go... Go go somewhere off the beaten path, you know? Don't go to, um, I don't know, you know? I don't, I don't want to, like, say don't go anywhere because yeah. somebody listening is going to get pissed by yeah. that. <laughs> I would say go somewhere local. Go somewhere off the beaten path, you know? Go get on Instagram and find a picture of something that just makes you feel something and find out how to get there and, and what to see, you know, I don't know. I, I love everything about, I just love, I love farmers. So yeah, well, <laughs> well, thank, I would go to a farm, but thank you very much for joining us tonight, Luke. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Yeah. Yes, um, thank you. And uh, I'm excited to, to see what you're going to do with the farm. And how forward. can people find you and where can they find your farm? Yeah. So my farm is in Riverton off of Bangor Highway on 118th South. So to get there, you have to go to the worst intersection in the world right oh, now. Oh, yeah, you're in the middle of all that nasty. Yeah, they're digging a big hole. Yeah, but, but you can go under 118th right now. Yeah, 118th has an underpass. But, yeah, so that's where we are. That's where our, our you know, our farm is. That's where, where our inspiration comes from. But um, we also have a great website, Peterson farm.com and that's it's with an e yeah but i think i also hey, own peter's son family farm <laughs> and peter's son farm because it'll get you there too did you and your wife meet on farmersonly.com <laughs> we didn't <laughs> did exist. We didn't. my wife is not a farmer that's that's why i am how i am that's why i'm here i've always wanted to ask a farmer she's always that site and we actually met in armenia Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Wow, she's that's from cool. Orem though, but we met in Armenia. <laughs> so no, you you can go on. She's Oremenian. <laughs> she's Oremenian. That's a good one. Good job, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> it's way more prestigious than just being from Orem. That's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, find us anywhere. We're on Instagram, Peterson Farmers. We're on um, Facebook, Peterson Family Farm. Um, we, uh, you know. Give me a call. My my email, you know. So if you if you got ideas, if people I love it when when people, you know, have ideas. So if if, if something 
you ha- if you have a thought or, or a dream or a vision that may include a farm. 13-year-old kid. <laughs> if you got a worthless 13-year-old kid. And 1300 What if know. I have a worthless... You're going to have to wait for us on that. Are, we haven't yet found a way to there, wrangle the 13-year-old is, kid. Is, is the $1,300 specific to the 13-year-old? So, like, if it's a 17-year-old, 1700 No, it's 7000 if it's a 17-year-old, because he's already... He's probably gone. Because I've got a 17-year-old and a 20-year-old. I don't know. Mm, yeah. No, send me an email, you know. Farmer Luke at petersonfarm.com or whatever, you know. Just let's connect and tell me what you love. Let's talk about it. Thanks awesome. For, thanks for talking with Thank us. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks again to Farmer Luke for uh, joining us. That was, that was I really enjoyed that conversation. So did I. Dispelling the algae myths. Uh, yeah, for sure. Who knew farm talk could be so fun? We did. We have it all the time. We (laughs) have little mini farm talks. But it's neat because I think maybe a misconception is that farmers are not educated. And oh, he's super smart. So smart. Well, and he's got he's educated. He's He's not just smart. He's very intelligent. He's he's, got a he's got a master's. He's been to Armenia a couple of times on his own volition. One of those times, Uh, he married a a wife that's probably Armenian. I don't know how she's Armenian. (laughs) Armenian. That might even be the show title, honestly. Armenian. That one little thing. I actually think it will be Rooster's Planting Seeds. <laughs> that's Planting Seeds. I don't know. There was a lot of good stuff that I have written down. I'll have to figure it out. I try to keep them relatively short but interesting. Um, but that was a great conversation. And and it, I like what, how heartfelt it was. Like how powerfully he passionate. He be- yeah, he well, believes in what he's doing, and it really shows. I had all these questions about you know farm shit like what do you plant when that sort of thing because i'm interested in that i don't know if the rest of our audience was would be as interested we never got to it because the rest of it was just so So, interesting to hear it was organic (laughs) (laughs) okay it wasn't as good as armenian but it was kind of funny this is like (laughs) this is like dad joke episode did you hear him in the beginning when he said he was just gonna plow through (laughs) I just want to go on record as saying it is not me this time. No. And what's worse, That's see, the, the good thing is when it's you, you go home. <laughs> when it's, I'm going to be doing this all night now until I go to bed. It's true. I'm just going to keep doing sure. this. Like, I'll be asleep. I'll be asleep when she gets out of the shower later. This is like 11 And if o'clock. I think of something, I'll wake him up and tell She'll him. wake me up and tell me and I'll be like, God damn it. You should just text so, him so that when he wakes up in the morning, he'll blow up his phone. Hey, thirty texts from Bree. Farm jokes, awesome. Whatever, I don't. <laughs> farm jokes, maybe farm puns. No. Uh, okay, so There's that's not a difference. that's gonna do it. Uh, so, like I said earlier, before before Farmer Luke, if you don't like what you heard, go ahead and share our episode to your friends and go. What is this shit that? Yeah, I say this to? is horrible. Like it, share it, and let them decide for themselves. Yeah, if you do like it, please share it as well, <laughs> um, because that's what helps us the most. We don't ask for money. Um, we don't ask for anything really. Um, just just for you to listen. Yeah, just share it. That's the only thing that I care about. If you have a bit of your feedback, leave yeah, us reviews. We do. And sometimes we'll make fun of you for it, but it's okay. Um, yeah, we're just going to keep eating on air. Leave us, leave us, uh, if you have events, let us know. You can follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast uh, or go to our website, thenewutah.com. Eventually, I'll put my bio that's done up there and we'll get Bree's bios done. Uh, but Jeremy and Jess have one up uh, if you're <laughs> interested. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff. There's some community stuff. 
the one things that, that people say. I never thought about doing that cruise. In fact, I've always thought people are fucking insane to go on that Utah Lake or that, that Great Salt Lake cruise. But having him describe it makes me want to go on it. Yeah. Maybe that could be our hundredth episode. <laughs> go float on the river. Go float on the Great Salt Let's Lake. Do it. It's like a it's like a luxury cruise. Only it's not. Uh, remember, he is a farmer. He doesn't get out much. For that's, that's not true. true. It Stay sounds like he goes to Armenia. That's, that's more than He's I've been, been there at least twice. So uh, and, anyway, and the raunchy pool. That's true. But that's they have a slip and slide there. They got I, the, I would like. I've actually been to that pool, and he is totally it's correct. Called a, it's called a water slide. water slide. Slip and slide something you put in your backyard with garbage bags. Big garbage bag. Yep. No, you buy those now. They're like yellow bananas. No, no. It's cheaper to just buy the garbage bags and put some water on them. It's true. They last about as long. Yeah. Fucking slip and slides are so shitty. <laughs> and in Jeremy's yard, like, I would be afraid of, like, ramming into a planter box at the end of yeah. it. Well, and that's the little metal pegs. You can do it by the bees. It's the metal. Oh, yeah. Do it by the bees. <laughs> ram right into the beehive. Into the beehive knock there. it over. See how well that goes. <laughs> Your chickens will probably all get stung to death, too. And that, <laughs> that 20,000, 30,000 fucking pissed off bees. That'd not be good. There's no escape from that at that point. No, you can't run fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> like, you see those movies like people running and there's a swarm of these behind Chasing them. them. Yeah, that would. I think that would be what would happen. Okay, don't do that. So anyway, with that, we're we're gonna leave you for the night. Um, uh, I'm glad, good night, that, kids. Glad that y'all listened and. Uh, what? I'm just saying, Jennifer likes you guys. So. <laughs>